my dad actually uh, was originally from East Berlin, and he escaped um, when he was in his mid-20s. He swam through the river that separated East and West. He was kind of fed up with that, and uh, one night swam through the river. And Everybody and welcome back to the Why Bitcoin podcast, the podcast where we question everything, but mainly why Bitcoin. I'm your host. My name is Jeff. Joined here today with my frantic co-host Doug. Doug, how are you doing this evening? Hello. Yes. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm Thanks panicked. for asking. I'm panicked. You know why I'm panicked? Because you got the times wrong for the show. I got the times wrong, and you know what happens when you get the times wrong for the show? Uh, I, you end up messaging me while I'm in the bathroom and then I have to <laughs> hurry up and come out here and forget 700 things. Yeah. And then we have to give big hugs to the mothers of our children for taking mm-hmm. the time to take care of the yeah. kids and the responsibilities that I usually share at this time of the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, I was like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to do the bath. I gotta go. Okay. Yeah, well, my wife is cooking for like. She doesn't cook. I think we've talked about that before. So if my children end up with food poisoning, I'm sending the bill to Canada. So. It's going straight to the book reporting address of our guests today. Our guests. Oh, we have guests. On the, on the show today, listeners, we have the authors of the children's book entitled Bitcoin for Kiddos, which I'm holding in my hand right now. Uh, Chris, well. and, <laughs> Chris and Frida Bobe. Is Correct. it Bobe? You got How it you guys right. doing? Right Wanted on. To, to get it right the first time. Yeah. I took a Hi, I took a shot. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for coming on the show. Hope you're excited to be here. We're excited to chat with you about Bitcoin and Bitcoin stuff and Bitcoin for kids, especially yeah, because <laughs> I think it's I think it's a I think it's a it's a tough. It's tough for me to try and get my kid excited about Bitcoin. And this book definitely, I think, is at least somewhat of an introduction to that. So, oh, see, I already forgot all the stuff. Uh, hey, if, <laughs> Doug, let's do the stuff first. Uh-huh, Where to find uh-huh. us? See, you're the one that's supposed to say housekeeping, right? That's your job? Well, it was written down on the show notes that you wrote. So Yeah, but I was know. reading a, I was reading a book while I was talking. Okay, guys, Listen, if you're you could find us, you could find us on the uh, whybitcoinpodcast.com. Again, uh, for those new to the show, this is not financial advice. If you think this is financial advice, you're doing everything financial wrong. This is just two dudes talking. So do your own research. Well, I'm sorry. This is actually four dudes talking tonight. And uh, just uh, do your own research. Um, buy Bitcoin. Not financial advice, but definitely financial advice. Right. Yeah. Buy as but much Bitcoin as you can before the end of the world. Okay. So let's see. Should we jump into it? Let's jump. Shall we jump into it? Do you have a, a, a heartwarming story from the week, Doug? Uh, I think someone banned me on Twitter and then I stopped caring enough that I don't remember it. So whoever you okay. are that. Uh, uh, oh, Locked well, there you? was that dude yesterday, the, the, uh, the, the shit coiner. So. Oh, you got in some you got in some shitcoin fights, mm. Doug and Fr- or uh, uh, Chris and Frida. Do you guys get in any shitcoin fights on the internet? Uh, not too many, because typically what I do is I write four tweets and then I have to delete them all because they're inappropriate. 
<laughs> you're just like it's not even it's like you get the anger out in tweet form and then you're like it's not even worth saying this to this person it's not That's even gonna right. get through their head but i need the risk yeah. of like maybe i'll accidentally hit the send button and maybe i won't so. ah I was, okay so you like to gamble with the twitter it's like uh, right. twitter roulette i, ca- I, I call tweet it fires off <laughs> ah there you go there you no go. i'm on the so, i'm on the happy side i just always stay on the happy side i just want to i just promote bitcoin promote it see who bites i don't try to get into fights it's taking too much of my time fair enough absolutely um, yeah being positive is good it's hard for like i try and be positive but it's just not my personality type so usually yeah. i'm angry <laughs> all the time and the rage needs to come out i definitely envy those that are just filled with love and happiness though so uh i'm i'm happy for you i wish i could feel that i i aim to i aim to be like that i definitely feel all of the sarcasm in your tweets and it's much appreciated <laughs> <laughs> that's good man because some of my tweets you you have to like have been following me my account for a while to see where i'm coming from because <laughs> like i'll say something super off base and then somebody's like no you're wrong and i'm like yeah yeah i know this was very 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 <laughs> facetious it's great twitter's yeah. awesome oh hey, okay so uh let's do this i want to ask you guys a question i'm gonna sure. ask you my i'm gonna ask you my favorite question I'm going to frame it a little bit differently. And this is interesting because there's two of you. So let's see. So if you've listened back to our show from way back, I'm a spaz and I love people's Bitcoin stories. Um, but I'd, lo- I'd love to know if there's anything that sticks out in your initial journey of finding Bitcoin that like was really the aha moments for you or what clicked to make you uh, become what we would call a Bitcoiner. And then also... Uh, was was it one of you first that found Bitcoin that had to orange bully other, or was it something somehow you did together? I couldn't imagine that happening at the same time. So yeah, how did how did Bitcoin come across both of you? Yeah, Frida is uh, definitely the the noob in the relationship, if you will. I am. Um, but uh, she was uh, nice enough to let me spend all of our money on Bitcoin. Well, that's not true. Too. That's not no, hold true. On, hold on. You didn't spend all your money on Bitcoin. You saved I all saved your money, all in my Bitcoin. money in Bitcoin. That's right. You know, it, I was a, you know, I was a financial advisor for a period of time. And it, when I would go into people's homes and I would talk to them about uh, uh, finances and what they wanted to do for their future and how they wanted to save for retirement, um, a, a lot of the initial conversations was trying to help them understand that they weren't spending money on this thing they were saving money on this within this thing and um i guess it's not really any different for for bitcoin but uh yeah i got into it um back in 2017 when it was like a thousand dollars eighteen hundred dollars somewhere in that range and may i just interrupt Sadly, he did not spend all of our money at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Or invest it, yeah. But uh, we were going on a couple's hike and uh, my buddy and I were talking and he was like, hey, I just got into this day trading thing and I'm into crypto now. And have you heard of this thing called Bitcoin? And I was like, yeah, I heard of Bitcoin. It's a scam. It'll never work. It's, you know, put in whatever thing you want to 
talk about that CNBC talked about or any of the other financial so, media networks. So let me ask you then, if you were a financial advisor, you must have been surrounded by other people that knew the finance world. Was everybody in your, uh, I don't know, company saying the same thing that Bitcoin was a scam, that it was to be avoided? Well, by this time, I wasn't a financial advisor anymore. Um, I, okay. I got my degree in finance and uh, I picked the perfect time to get into finance, which happened to be late 2007. And, <laughs> yeah. right Wonderful. On. Good job. Yeah, right. Talk timing. about timing the markets. Yeah. <laughs> so after about six to eight months of, of doing that and realizing that I was only uh, we, I mean, we were living off of 50 bucks a week shopping out of the 99 cent store. Uh, it was a, it was a tough period of time for us. I realized I had to find, uh, a different profession because, you know, what most people don't realize is financial advisors are basically just commission only salespeople. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have any high net worth clients, uh, typically your you're not going to make it <laughs> uh, unless you, you can build up your, your clientele really quickly, um, which at the end of 2007, when everybody was like, oh, man, real estate's never going down. I only want to be in real estate. I got to be in this. I got to be in that mutual funds. No, man, I don't need that. I need to be, you know, in this thing. So um, it didn't work out so well for me. So I decided to get out of that and find a different profession. But I always still loved learning about finance, learning about money, you know, seeing how people were investing their money and, and making uh, more money out of it. I mean, it's, you know, that, that whole cartoon about uh, a guy sends his money out and he always seems to come back with more friends. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I want to try to do that. <laughs> so, you know, we had our own thing, but you know, being a financial advisor, one thing people don't realize is it's a lot of stress managing other people's money. Because if you make wrong decisions or, um, you know, tell your clients to do certain things that don't turn out too good, I mean, you're affecting their life. And um, I, it's okay if I mess up my life, but I don't want to mess up other people's lives. Let me I just say one, one time that like uh, that profession has the earliest rate of like heart attack and cardiac problems. If I'm not mistaken, so, yeah, I can believe it. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, definitely. Let so me, let me just say something. So my mom got a financial advisor uh, within the last couple of years. My family had no sense of money either. And she, now she trusts this guy like he is the Lord. And I'm trying to explain that he's no good. And he, he, he made her he made her 5% in a year. And she was all excited. She's like, well, he made me 5% on my investment. I'm like, mom, that's not even keeping up with inflation right now. I was going to say. <laughs> and I'm the asshole, you know? <laughs> oh, well, so it's yeah. frustrating. My, uh, my, my dad is the same way, you know? He's like, oh, I got my financial advisor. I read the Wall Street Journal. I, week the I read the Financial Times. I know what's going on. You really need to be careful with Bitcoin. I was like, Dad, I started buying Bitcoin when it was $1,800 and now it's $40,000. Like, I'm doing okay. And he goes, well, I think you should sell some of it, you know, just to diversify. <laughs> I'm like, why on earth would I do that? It makes no sense. Yep. Exactly. It's that old yeah, it's, of... it, it is very hard. It's a, we, Jeff and I talk about it all the time on the show. The idea of trying to break the fiat mindset with people is... Uh, is uh it, it's a hypnotic power that it has at this point and it's really hard to unprogram that programming you know 
So yeah. in that light, let me ask the next obvious question, because I don't know if Jeff, Jeff talked to you about it beforehand, but uh, my experience is, so far has been pretty much everyone we've had on the show also had a shit coining phase. So did you guys go through that or are you still in it because you have that background? So you trade or like, what's your, what's your take on all that fun stuff? Talking about shit coins, it's like talking about previous relationships on a first date, you know, you try to avoid it, but uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely went through that stage. You know, when in 2017, when Bitcoin started taking off, you know, there was Ethereum and there was Cardona and there was, um, one of the coins, I, I actually have one of those stories. It is a shit coin story that, uh, oh my God, if I only would have held on to it, you know, I would have been so much further ahead, which is why I'll never sell my Bitcoin. So it was great that my, my, my final nail in the coffin for never selling my Bitcoin and only accumulating it was with a, a shit coin called Mana uh, for Decentraland. I don't know if you're familiar with that coin. It's kind of part of the metaverse conversation. I only got as far as like Ethereum and Litecoin pretty much and hacks. Yeah, it's, but go on. It's a, uh, it's a, um, what is it? An ERC 20 token. So it's, it's built off of the Ethereum blockchain, but it's a, uh, a metaverse network where, uh, Decentraland is kind of a digital real estate or community where, it's about the size of, say, Washington, D.C., and you can buy properties in it and then software companies can come on and buy those properties and then build upon them. And they got a whole bunch of uh, venture funding uh, for you know, the perfect locations around the metaverse and they're, they're, they're building it out type deal. But I started buying it when it was like one penny. And uh, I had accumulated something like 16,000 of these things. And when it went from like one penny to three pennies, I was like, ah, cool. And then it went from three to six. And I was like, all right, I doubled my money. I'm going to sell it all and I'm going to buy Bitcoin with it. So I sold it all and I buy Bitcoin with it. And then for people who know, man, I know that it then uh, soon after went to $5. And uh, I was like, damn it. <laughs> like, damn it. Did you, buy, you didn't buy back in, did you? No, no. Okay. But right. um, at the same time, it feels like, man, if I just would have held on to it, if I just would have kept my wits about it, you know, maybe. But, uh, but I did you did you believe in? I, mean, I bought Bitcoin with it. Did no, you I didn't believe, believe in, in the project, effort. or was it no. just a cash grab? Not really. It was just a cash grab. You know, it's yeah. a total fiat mindset. Absolutely. I think that's a thing. That's a thing. When you realize that it's all just about making more money, that you don't care about that whatever blockchain it is, then you realize you're just trying to make more money. It doesn't, it doesn't matter which one you choose. Yeah. There's going to be some that skyrocket, but it's all just to get more fiat gains. And once you stop yeah. caring about the major fiat gains, instead of just holding your money in hard money, then I think that's, yeah, the I got into thing. it with that shit coiner over the weekend. And he was trying to, trying to talk to me about how there's more Bitcoin on the Ethereum network. Oh, than, gosh, don't than, start it. Yeah. What's the name of that coin? <laughs> um yeah, yeah exactly right and uh and yeah so there's so his, his whole shtick was you know there's more bitcoin on the ethereum network than than bitcoin on the lightning network mm. and i genuinely didn't understand what he was saying so i had to like do research and i lost about 20 minutes of my life that i can't get back <laughs> uh and and i just you know I, one of my big aha moments after jeff 
brutally beat me about the head and ears for about two months was I started to understand that all of the functions, quote unquote, that Ethereum and all these other coins supposedly cure, they're all problems that I don't have as an individual. Like I don't care about smart contracts. I don't care about wrapping my Bitcoin in, you know, and that's what it was, you know, if you guys obviously know, but for our listeners, you know, if you hear someone say that, dear listener, that, oh, there's more Bitcoin on the Ethereum network. They're not talking about Bitcoin. Bitcoin can't be on the Ethereum network. They're two different blockchains. It doesn't work together. But basically what happens is uh, somebody issues a token on the Ethereum network. So it's it's an Ethereum token. And you basically trade your Bitcoin or your fiat for it. And it's pegged to the price of Bitcoin. That's what it's called, wrapped Bitcoin. It's It's just a scam to separate you from your currency, whatever value you're going to put in. And uh, it's it's not Bitcoin at all. So his statement was a complete lie as a fabrication. And uh, so just be aware of that, dear listener, that if somebody sells, you know, is trying to sell you Bitcoin on the Ethereum network, it's just go back to the fundamentals, understand that Bitcoin is a ledger in and of itself. That's what makes it so valuable and intrinsically better than fiat currency is that it's in it, and you can't just you can't just swap ledgers out. That's not how it works. So mm-hmm. uh Anyways, so, you know, I, I was just curious if you guys had, had gone that way and, and and by your own admission, it really was just more of like a, a cash grab, which they all, in my opinion, that's what they are. They're a transfer of wealth from the uneducated to the educated, you know, from the, if, if you want to be crass about it, from the stupid to the smart, you know, that's really what every shitcoin I've ever investigated, that's what it's doing. So it's good to hear that you got out of that and you didn't lose your shorts on it. You didn't have to learn the hard way. Did you ever, did you ever run into anything that you did lose your shorts on that you did have to learn the hard way? Or how did you, how did you come to, I'm, let me maybe back this up. Are you guys Bitcoin only now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have been for a while. Yeah. It's an educational thing. So I completely agree with you. Typically when you see people who start getting into cryptocurrencies, they don't know the difference between a cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. You know, like one of the things that I've posted several times is, you know, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, but not, but, but no other coin is Bitcoin. Like it is completely separated from any other coin, any other network, any other technology available on yeah. the internet. I think that's that was one of the things for me. I mean, I'm I'm like probably the youngest here in the group of, you know, discovering Bitcoin and what it is. And I only came down the rabbit hole maybe a year and a half ago. No, and... you're actually you're actually the second oldest. Jeff <laughs> and I only started oh. this uh Okay. Like, uh, we're just... just coming up on our one year officially, okay. I think. So all right, cool. Um but yeah, for me it was, you know, uh, with Chris's background and always being interested in various, you know, how do I make money? How does money work? All of that. Like he's always dabbled in like various things. And, you know, always like kind of looked at everything high level. And to me, it was always in- intuitively like, oh my God, this is another gamble. This is another gamble. Like even looking at the traditional stock market, I was just like, oh, like it just, I don't even want to like read up more about it because I can already tell you from the outside, it looks like a gamble to me. Like it's just, you know, legal gamble. And what, did, um, what, what is your background? Did you, do you have a finance background? I or? do not. No, I do okay. not. Yeah. Okay. No, my, my background is more in arts. Um, I actually uh, work as a product manager um, besides, you know, doing, doing arts and, and doing, I love cooking. I, I, I do, I do a whole bunch of stuff now, you know, I love cooking. Um, 
yeah. we'll talk about more cooking later. Go ahead. Okay, sounds good. Um, but yeah, so how how I came down the rabbit hole was really, you know, like I have a lot of traditions or we have a lot of traditions in our house, especially since we have two young kids. You know, our youngest is a little over a year old and our, our first one is four years old. And so um, when we started having kids, we had this tradition of always eating at the dinner table at night. Like that was just something that I grew up with and that I wanted to establish in my house and that I didn't really, I, I'm originally from Germany. So, um, you know, coming to the U.S., I didn't see a lot of families actually practice that tradition very much, or if so, very infrequently. And so for me, that was like a big deal. And so we would sit at the dinner table and, you know, Chris was always dabbling on his phone normally other times of the day. And I made this like a no phone, no technology zone. So we have like, you know, that one hour at very night. Very nice. We... Very important, actually. That's, That's really right. important. Yep. Yep. I agree That's with right. you. And so... There was one night where, you know, Chris was on his phone during the dinner table and then he got up from the dinner table and I was, what the heck is happening? You know, and I was kind of furious. And that's that's when the big dip actually happened where Bitcoin dropped to like $3,000 and um, he just had to buy more. You know, he was, he was just like, I need to go and buy more right now. Like you don't understand. And so from that, that's actually sparked like my interest of like, what can be so important to you right now? Like what crazy gambling activity are you doing that is so important to you right now? <laughs> I love I don't it. Understand. Is that the, refresh my memory because Jeff and I weren't there for this. Was that like the 18,000 back down to three or 20,000? Like yeah, it was, um, it was uh, February, March of uh, 2020. And Bitcoin had gone up to about 7,500. And uh, in the last cycle, there was this, this thing about how Bitcoin never left, left an open gap in its price chart. So what that means is if the price of Bitcoin goes up and uh, then it goes, it, it goes up a lot from its previous high. It always comes back and tests its last previous high before moving higher again. And um, this had been a situation where Bitcoin had gone from like $3,500 in, in April of 2019. And then it jumped to like $5,000. And I was like, I was on a plane at the time and I had just landed and I saw this big price jump. And I was like, damn it, I missed it. I, I didn't get a chance to buy this thing. And I was like, it's okay though, because its last high was, you know, it, it had to come back and touch it. It's like, it's going to be back in the 3900s. And I just waited and I waited and I waited. And Bitcoin kept going up and kept going up and kept going up. And I was dollar cost averaging in the whole time. But I, you know, you, you, uh, you know, the, by the, by the effing dip is, uh, you know, when you put the big money in. And uh, I just kept waiting. And it took like a year up until this point for finally it went from 7500 and it dipped back down to 3900 and i happened to be at the dinner table having dinner with the, with the kids and Frida was like chris get off your phone right now and i'm like babe i can't bitcoin's <laughs> dipping i gotta buy <laughs> like i gotta get up and go <laughs> that's fair that's fair that's actually a great story dude i love that you know what's funny is uh you know you 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 talk about oh it went from 35 to 50. like that's a day now right that's like an hour you know, 35 so to it's 5, not 50. Yeah, 35 yeah, yeah, to yeah, 5. Yeah, 35 to 5. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I wrote, I was taking notes while you were talking. But yeah, 3,500 to 5,000, that's, you know, 1,500. That's nothing right. now. You know, that's no, that's not. noon. That's lunchtime. You know what I mean? Right. 
So yeah. it's so crazy to hear you talk about it like that. It's 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 really funny. But to you at the time, that's a that's a big move, right? So then so then what happens? So uh, so then I um, you know we, we we talk about it a little more, and uh, Frida will have to give you insight into into her mind yeah, on really, what she was thinking. I mean, I really I think you know I was like. First, I needed him to explain it to me. Like, I, I, the first question that I had was like, okay, what was so important about this? And, you know, he's like, this is Bitcoin. This is not like other cryptocurrencies. And I kind of tried to explain my situation as to, I think all of this is gambling. And, and then he started like, you know, like explaining to me, well, this is a limited supply on this. And it kind of works like gold. And I kind of, you know, went again, like I'd learned about, you know, what is money? you know, before, but it, it was kind of like a relearning of what is money all over again. And I actually started watching a bunch of documentaries. And then I think what did it was like a couple months later, we did a kind of a trip to a friend's house that lived like an hour and a half away. And we listened to Max and Stacy um, on the Orange Pill podcast. And there was just an episode where they really bring it into perspective how Bitcoin helps people all over the world. And it did not, it was not in my mind that a lot of people are unbanked in the world and that a lot of um, situations are not, um, you know, a lot of situations are, a lot of people are in situations that really, you know, are not financially sound. Like, you know, we're in the US or in Europe, we are very, um, you know, growing up with the banking system and everybody has a bank account and all of that. But like, you know, just just understanding that, like, there is a large majority of the population that are just doesn't work that way or the currency is fluctuating so much that they cannot trust in their governments or trust in their currencies. And like kind of when that light went off and I was just like, wow, and this thing cannot be messed with. Right. And so the, the next thing was, you know, who owns it? Right. That's like the next. I'm like, I'm not naturally a trusting person. I always like to ask multiple questions. So, you know, when when I when I came out, came down to, oh, somebody created it and then they disappear, you know, Natoshi Sakamoto and Nakamoto. It was their ulterior. What's the ulterior motive? And, you know, maybe it was the government creating it and then disappearing out of thin, you know, just like tricking people <laughs> like, i, I think down. you and jeff need to go bowling my goodness <laughs> <laughs> jeff is definitely the uh, conspiratorial one between the two of us although he keeps dragging me along for the ride but well that's yeah, what, that, yeah, yeah. that's what i tried to figure out too is when i when i looked into it and then that was one of my aha moments realizing that who owns it oh i i can run a node i can mine this stuff yeah. i can just whip this up and do it myself yeah. And that was like a okay, cool. Then everybody owns it and nobody owns it. And that that for me was a, a major major aha moment. So is uh-huh. it, is the, it trust, the trustless factor of Bitcoin is actually really I think that's one of the biggest hurdles for people who are still in the fiat mindset. Like that is a really hard concept to understand that it isn't it isn't run by a government, but mm-hmm. it still works. Like that's the problem that, you know, uh, so many people can't break themselves away from, which is why your book, I mean, let's not, let's not shy away from the book too much here. That I think that's why your book is a really good step, uh, to start to bridge that gap with the kids. Uh, we have questions about the book, but I just wanted to. Awesome. Awesome. But I I thought that was a really good segue, so I'm really proud of myself right now. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to pull you back a bit here. (laughs) Good, good, good. 
Uh, did you guys have more to add to that or? Well, yeah, I mean, initially the question was, is how did, how did I get into Bitcoin? And I, I didn't want to, to shy away from, from that. Um, and it, it all started, my dad and I had a conversation back in early 2000, and we were talking about the China and trade and the world and currencies at the time. Uh, and this was right around the time of the uh, dot-com bust. And um, I, I was telling him that uh, I felt like if the whole world was going to get along and everybody was going to, you know, do the, have this kumbaya moment like you would see on Star Wars or excuse me, on uh, Star Trek, where like the, the, the United States is a, or the, the world is a united front uh, in the in the solar system and galaxy um, that we would need one currency to unite us all. And uh, at the end of the conversation, we kind of decided, oh, that was never going to happen. And then uh, when my buddy introduced Bitcoin to me on this uh, hike uh, and I, I told him that it was a scam and it would never work and all that other kind of stuff. And then I was like, ah, well, let me just go back and read. And I did a little bit of research and I read the white paper and I was just like, that was the aha moment where I was like, oh, my God, this is that one world currency that could really unite everybody and give an even playing field to the world. And so, you know, that was that was when I started getting when, heavy into Bitcoin. When you read the white paper, are you uh, technically, like, do you know how the ins and outs of the actual technical stuff happens? Or is it more just the abstract that you read and you were like, okay, wait a second, this guy's onto something here, this Satoshi guy. Or did yeah. you actually understand all the math and whatever else he was crazy about doing there? Because I don't understand any of that. I, I told Doug to read the white paper forever and he didn't. I was like, just just read the first page at least, you know, maybe the second page. Once you get into the uh, the back few pages, it gets pretty uh, mathematical. Did that mean anything to you personally, or was that just mumbo jumbo? Uh, you know, that's that was. I don't want to call it mumbo jumbo because I think you know some people who are software engineers are just like that's their holy grail. But, I just mean uh, in my own terms. I'm like, I'm. Just yeah, no, no, no. I, I get it. <laughs> I, I don't know any of that. I, I've been trying to teach myself calculus. It's a slow and painful process. <laughs> oh my god, I had to. Uh, I, I don't know how I got through that class in college. To be honest with you, I think the teacher just took pity on me and passed me, and uh, I did not ask any questions. Um, Listen, but, gentlemen, uh, I got to calculus too in high school. I never needed it. I I don't understand anything from yeah. the like page three of the white paper on. You guys are fine. Don't worry about it. Just yeah, yeah. Carry so, on, citizen. So uh, so Frida and I we met in high school. She was a German foreign exchange student, and we started dating um, before the year started. And we dated that whole year. And then when she went home, I followed her back. So. Um, I had some, uh, or we both had some experience with dealing with, uh, currency exchanges. And, uh, I remember when I first started going back to Germany in early two thousands, Germany was still under the Deutschmark and it was like two to one to the dollar. So when I went back there, everything was like 50% off. It was amazing. And then when they went to the Euro, everything all of a sudden became 20% more expensive, which sucked. And so yeah, I saw this discrepancy between, currencies and purchasing power and, and, and whatnot. So as far as the, the technical part of the white paper, I didn't really understand that too much of it. But from a pragmatic approach on how a person would use it in the real world, um, it seemed to make a lot of sense. Right on. That's cool. Yeah, that's why I like it too. It just, it makes sense when you, uh, when you look at it. It, it. It's very, very simple when you break it down, right? And that's, that's what's mm -hmm. great. It's just like, why... I have a, I, Again, I'm taking notes as we're talking here, and I have a question for Frida. 
uh yeah. this is this could be interesting for for me anyways so born and raised in germany right mm-hmm. uh you hook up with this cute american guy he follows you back to germany that's how you know you got him good yeah. job um so so bitcoiners talk a lot about the weimar republic right mm-hmm. is that something that and i don't know that i don't know the answer to this so is that something that you as a young german kid would learn about in school like do do they talk about it over there because it's one of the biggest examples that bitcoiners like throw out on the table you know when when we're talking about this kind of stuff so is that something that you guys learned about or is that kind of buried you know no i mean when when i went to school we definitely did learn about that um you know just yeah currency go into nothing and i could tell you that me as a girl when i was young the wall came down and between the east and west in berlin germany where i'm from and when the wall opened i was on the west part so that was the part that you know had the money that we then knew as the deutschmark afterwards and on the east part they had something that was called the deutschmark too but their money was actually made out of plastic like literally when you held it in your hands it weighed like plastic like i don't i don't know the exact material but it was a plastic type material and it looked like paper money uh, like fake play money to me when i touched it as a girl really and, um, okay that's interesting the, yeah it's like, when like the, canadian dollars <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> and and so yeah when 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 the wall came down this was in um 89 89 um, i remember that my mother made me uh made, she dragged me to the to the tv screen she's like this is history you have to watch this doug this is yeah. very important i remember that very very clearly that was that was quite a time actually it was, it was very uh invigorating i don't know yeah for as an american it was it was really like i remember both my folks crying a little bit like it was a very emotional time it was really really it was awesome honestly it was yeah. awesome and it, and it was for us too. I mean, like for me, you know, like, I mean, this is like just glimpses of that, you know, I was pretty young at the time, but um, I just remember the, the, the couple, the week, the one or two weeks after the wall opened, like the streets were flooded with people. Um, you know, everybody got a hundred D marks, Western D marks, you know, the, the one that was mm-hmm. actually worth something to go shopping. So you couldn't go into the shopping centers for about a week or two because everything was so flooded. And then then things were sold out that they couldn't get on the east side right so in retrospect like for example i had roommates that were growing up on the east side so like when we were under 10 years old they grew up on the east i grew up on the west they would tell me that you know they would literally stand in line for bananas for like an hour and a half with their parents you know yeah and and that's crazy that just like that little wall separated us um i recall you know visiting just the east side because there was a lot of land a lot of fruit trees where you could literally go drive into the countryside and just pick your own apples and whatever you wanted to. And so uh, me and my parents, we maybe did that a couple of times when I was younger and the wall was still up and getting through the sector of actually crossing through the wall was like an hour and a half wait or longer. Sometimes they would check your entire car. It was just, I mean, it was like you were in a different zone. Like it was. Oh, yeah. 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 Like they would check and see if people were like hanging underneath your vehicle. And yeah, like I I remember the stories back. And that's so, that's so crazy that you actually lived right, right in that. And you have memories of that. It is super. And and then, you know, like I have personal connection there too, because my dad actually uh, was originally from East Berlin. 
and he uh-huh. escaped um, when he was no in kidding. his mid-20s. He swam through the river that separated east and west. He was a triathlete, so a very fit guy, and they pumped him full of whatever drugs they pumped the athletes. He looked you know, like full Lou of. Ferrigno. He was... Oh, really? <laughs> He was cut. <laughs> I mean, they pumped they pump the youth there full of a lot of drugs on the east side, you know, just make them compete and perform. And and so, like, he was kind of fed up with that. And uh, one night swam through the river. And he actually, um, you know, the, the, the river, the Spree is, is what the river is there. It's a pretty wide river. And it has a pretty good stream current. And mm-hmm. there's a little islands that separate it. Um, and so he made it through and he had like, what is it called? The he had flippers. Flippers. And a... Yeah. Flippers and like um, to be able to swim faster. And he threw them, you know, away, just running through the woods, like thinking he was on the other side. And then he reached more water. So he had to make like another swim. And, you know, like this was like, you know, if, if it was daylight, they could probably find you and see you, you know, and this and, and that time, you know, it's, it's like hard to believe today that. You know, at that time, people got shot running away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, and this is it, just that's like, why I'm saying that's I mean, and you I'm, I'm not I'm talking to the audience, not to you, yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's yeah. why it was such a big deal mm-hmm. when the wall came down, because there were families that were separated. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, not just, like so your father, he left, but he left a family behind and started, you know, yeah. started living yeah. in a new place. And, and that was that wasn't just your family story. That was a lot of family stories. Uh-huh. So this idea, and I, cause I remember, you know, like, like people coming across when that first chunk fell and just hugging each other. Like, it yeah. was just like, you know, like it was so, uh, I'm kind of getting emotional just thinking about it. Like <laughs> it was, you know, these, you know, it, you guys were always the same people, but you just had this damn wall and, you know, like, it's just so so messed up anyways yeah. I'm sorry. there was a there you know the, the, there was a memorial on the east side of the wall where people would post pictures of people who had died trying to escape to the west and yeah. uh the last person who was shot and killed was actually it was done the day before the wall came down can you imagine yeah that's awful yeah socialism the ideal that's so good we have to shoot you if you try to escape it yeah yeah, yeah. Wonderful. And you know, I mean, needless to say, like it's like it's something that, uh, I mean, not just on the money aspect of things, but also just on the, you know, I always say like Bitcoin is the money of the people. That's really, like, ever since I've come in touch with Bitcoin, things have felt right. I'm I'm a very intuitive person. I think you know maybe females are a little bit more into their gut feelings, and the guys are usually I don't know if that's like sexist or whatever. But no, I would agree (laughs) Um, with that. Yeah, and so. You know, I've, I've, when I touched Bitcoin, I was just like, okay, like, you know, I read the white paper, read, listened to the podcast, you know, and, and then at the very end, actually, like just more recently, you know, actually when we brought the book out, you know, this was like a couple of months ago, that's when I started going on Twitter and actually discovering the community of Bitcoin a lot more. And man, it's like, it's such a good community. Like if you don't have the shit coiners, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that are like, and you don't have to get involved in that even. It's just people are really there to want to live a good life, you know, make sure that their next generation is protected and lives the, lives a good life of choice and of happiness and freedom, you know? And like, it sounds like, you know, we're the modern hippies almost. I don't know. 
<laughs> I, I oh, you're so right. Oh, go. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Go we ahead. are we are the hippies, man. Bitcoiners are awesome, and I I hate that so much because I was you know I I was raised conservative, I've been conservative my whole life, and and then I'm suddenly finding myself with very hippie tendencies now, and it's just really. Mm. <laughs> are okay, we I, or are we computer huggers or what what do we call ourselves <laughs> yeah i don't you know what i just call myself a lover of freedom that's it you yeah. know that's that's my number i actually i was at my in-laws yesterday and uh they're all hmm, how do i put this politely Alt-right um, extremists no 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 in-laws my in-laws they're um they're none of that what you just said they're the complete opposite. opposite i was very i was in hell yesterday i was like, um they were non-bitcoiners and, uh, they're woke. And, what's that are they are they woke uh yeah some of them are some of them are they're all they're all like they're all like neck deep in the COVID thing, so I couldn't mm-hmm. talk about that um bitcoin that's a scam then we're not going right. to talk about that uh, you know, so it was, it was a lot of me just kind of pretending I, I suddenly had an emergency on my phone somewhere that I had to go to. So, and as a surprise but, uh, for Doug today, we actually have his in-laws here for the show. <laughs> yeah. And you know so what? you know what, next time, it. next time you go over there, you can just slip our book on that coffee table and just leave it there and you know. see, see if you have questions because we have actually done that. Like. Even with adults, you know, like some of my coworkers have received the book and um, we leave it out on our coffee table and in our bathroom. So we have we have like, you know, random kids parties and people come over and sometimes we get like an off the wall question. It's kind of interesting. That's awesome. Do you see how she, she see how she did that, Chris? That's called marketing. Okay. <laughs> I, need you, I need you to pay attention because that was really good. That was smooth. It's true, though. Yes. We actually yeah. do. No, do. it is. It is. And I probably should have. And you know what? Honestly, uh, if I, I did get so the, the baby of my wife's family, right? She uh-huh. she's she's kind of on that line where she's just kind of wants everybody to be happy, you know, so she listens to both sides and she's she's pretty uh, open. And, and Annie brought her down and, and we were kind of talking and I was like, Hey, cause she was, her whole thing is the COVID thing right now. And, and she's like, what podcast should she listen to? That's fair. And I was like, you got to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, blah, yeah. blah. So all that to say, once I finally get her past the COVID nonsense, then I'm going to go ahead and I will slip that on her table. Cause I, I do like her little sister and, and her husband and, uh, I would, and that's the other thing, right? About Bitcoin is that it suddenly becomes this, um, like mercy mission, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you start to, you want to figure out ways to, to reach out to people and your, your book, you know, it's, it's obviously written for children, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna give this to her as, as for her, but you know, for her daughters, you know, cause she does have two little kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could see that happen. Which so. is, you know, like I like it, it's the orange pilling of the parents through the kids. So yeah, obviously yeah. don't give the book idea. for somebody that's completely, you know, adverse to Bitcoin or whatever, but you know, just we've given it as like gifts to our friends that don't really know Bitcoin are kind of impartial to it. And then all of a sudden we get questions back because they've read it to the kids, you know, at nighttime and the kids do like the illustrations, you know, there is a bulldozer in it. So the, uh, (laughs) the testimonials people have sent back to us have really been eye opening because 
when we made the book, we weren't a hundred percent sure what the Bitcoin community would would think of it, right? Because it's not about Satoshi Nakamoto, it's not about mining, it's not about nodes, it's not about the network. It's more about the world that Bitcoin was created in. And um, there was a, a school teacher who did a review on the book. And one of the things that she did, which I thought was really cool, because she recognized that there were some conceptual things in the book that might be a little over the head of, of some kids, is to do a story walk with the book, where she would just open up the book and go page by page and ask the kids what they saw in the pictures. And then after they had gone through the stories through the pictures, then she would go back and read the story to them. And it kind of made a connection with the kids about about the story and the understanding and, and the takeaways that little kids find from the book is always so interesting. Yeah, because it, it's it's literally things that you would never think of. But after hearing them, you go like, oh, yeah, exactly. That's that's a perfect takeaway for that moment. Yeah, the, the, the way they absorb it is uh, sometimes not the way you intended to, but still works. Yeah. We actually have uh, a, a, one of our, uh, you know, fellow Bitcoiner ordered the book and we saw the address to ship it. And we're like, man, he's literally five minutes up the street. Like, should we just drop the book off and be like, you know, because he paid for shipping and everything, you know, we're like, oh, we can't do that. You know, we'll just we'll just like. We'll ship keep, it we'll normally. Keep it professional. Keep it professional. Ship it normally, even though he lives five minutes up the street, right? And then later on on Twitter, um, I don't know, we took a picture because we were out for our anniversary or something, and he was like, "Oh my God, you are in my area. Let's meet up." And yeah, so like, now we're like actually buddies, and he's he's bought numerous more books actually for his friends and family, and he was saying that his son, who is what twelve, thirteen. Somewhere like around that, there. Yeah. yeah. I was at the beginning, like looking at the book. I was like, oh my God, that's for little kids. You know, like it looks for little kids. But because he's read it a couple of times to other little kids that were at his house, now the 13 year old is actually asking questions and it's kind of like reevaluating our book and the, and, and the pages. So we kind of like hearing that as well. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you did it because yeah. it's, uh, it's simplistic, but you can also dive deeper down on a lot of the pages and it's like, uh pages about they called it going down the rabbit hole right it's like well a 12 year old might be like what the hell are they talking about here what rabbit hole where where are we going so yeah. uh yeah yeah a four-year-old wouldn't see it that way but uh kids are curious and this uh i think this book well, let's, kids let's be let's be really honest like there's there is no literature there's hardly any literature for bitcoin let's in a grand scheme of things you know mm -hmm. like you have history books that cover large swathes, swaths of history, and and there's lots of different versions of that history that different people take a corner on and stuff. So, you guys are you guys are really early to the to the let's educate the youth on on Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, and as a 45 year old, I'm going to say some of your rhyming schemes are, mm, uh, you know. They're, they're, they don't impress me as a 45 year old but <laughs> as, but as but as i'm not your target audience uh you know i really do i i do think you some of these images here you know i'm just looking at uh probably what page four maybe i don't know um there's a there's a mountain of money you know and then a dude getting kicked in the butt by a boot and a house is for sale and yeah. you know stock market's going down like like that's 
that's the kind of stuff that that kids do tap into and i can say this as an expert because i have uh i have a 20 20 year old i have a uh 14 year old i have a 10 uh, she's 11 i have 11 year old a five year old and a three year old and these guys have all read this book well not the 20 year old she's in texas it doesn't count but um but the other four they've all read this book at least twice you know um and the little ones have requested the bigger ones read that you know read it to them again so um you know my point is is we we have to i think you guys are on the right track with this you know in terms of we have to start figuring out this is a new paradigm this is a whole new world this is this is this is the moon landing or this is columbus landing on the shores this is a different world and we and i know i just triggered jeff because he's like the moon landing didn't happen but anyway <laughs> um you know you just don't think that happened Jesus. yeah i know i know i'm such a pleb but uh but we do have to start tackling this in a way that we can present it to our children because right now everything that they live in everything you know whether they want to whether they're hitting you up for a dollar to go buy a soda or they're learning how to like uh, so i homeschool you know and i i have a very uh conservative homeschooling program that i work with and i just had to crack out 10 pennies and a dime you know to to go along with the the video program that they have to to learn stuff for my five-year-old and it's like sweetie i don't i mean i'll do it because you kind of should understand exactly what you're dealing with right now but that's not the future that's not where you're going you know it this is there's a whole new paradigm coming in and these kids are right on the cusp and it parents don't have any tools does that make sense yeah we totally have, you know on that on that subject with the money so our four-year-old is our is our oldest and that page you just mentioned is his favorite page and every time i come across it he's always like look this thing is kicking him in the butt right here and you know he has a whole story about that page that's completely outside the lines of what the words on the page are but uh, yep. he really connects with it and uh, there was a night when i was sitting on the ground with him and it was about 45 minutes before bedtime because we had eaten dinner early that night. Usually we go we go dinner, we go uh, bath, and then bed. Um, and it's very regimented. But this particular night, we had some extra time. And uh, I couldn't figure out what to do with him. And we have this jar of change on the counter. And so I grabbed a corner out of it. And I was like, hey, Benji, watch this. And I, I flicked it, you know, and I spun the quarter. And uh, it was spinning around a lot. And I was telling him and he goes, uh, dad, can I spend money? And he goes, I'm like, that's not money. That's, that's currency. And, um, I had maybe two or three other sentences about how it's, how it's not real money and blah, blah, blah. And since that moment, it's like six months ago, every time he wants to spin a quarter, he goes, daddy, can I spin currency? This aha moment, like he gets it. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what's so good about teaching. It's weird, right? Because I think that's the thing that you have, we have trouble with. And uh, Doug, you were talking earlier about your wife's youngest sister. You can kind of see in somebody's eyes when they're still curious. And then you can see in somebody's eyes when they still, or when they when their minds have been made up. And a lot of adults, their minds have been made up. They've lived in the world. This is how it works. And this is what's going to happen. Whereas with kids, like with my son, he's three years old. He has no idea how anything works. All he has mm-hmm. is questions. And so reading a book like this, like, although it can be overwhelming, it still at least gives them an idea of like, okay, well, let me see what's going on here. And 
for me, it's weird. I get concerned because, like, I don't want to, <laughs> like, now he knows daddy loves Bitcoin because he sees Bitcoin. <laughs> like, his favorite page is actually the, well, he has two favorite pages, the yellow one where it says, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. And he loves to say it because he's like, oh, I know that picture. He saw the big picture of the two keys. And so mm-hmm. he gets me to say, not your keys, not your Bitcoins. <laughs> and he gets excited. And then his other favorite one is, uh, like the last page where Bitcoin's on the moon, my kid loves the moon. So he's like, "What? how did Bitcoin get to the moon? And I'm like, ooh, that's a fun story. I can, I can make a story there. That's, that's prophesizing right there. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yeah. it's uh, nah, We're just memeing it into existence. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I totally get what you what, what you mean. When, uh, when I was living a, a year in Germany, I had a lot of free time on my hands. And uh, I decided to start reading a lot of philosophy books. And uh, the book that got me down that rabbit hole was a book called Sophie's World. And it's about a dad who travels a lot and doesn't get a chance to see his daughter, but he wants to teach his daughter about philosophy and the world. So he starts sending her home letters um, about different philosophers and teaching her different concepts. And uh, one of the concepts in that book that always stuck with me was this um, this teaching about how he says, um, you know, when when kids are young, they don't really know what what's expected in the world or what's possible in the world. And so if you're a young kid and you're sitting at the dinner table and uh, all of a sudden, uh, or at the breakfast table, I guess, and all of a sudden your dad starts levitating, you know, the, the kid would look at that and go, oh, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> While the mother would be running around frantically screaming and wondering what's going on because this isn't something that could typically take place in the world. And um, it was it is just about this this concept of about you know trying to trying to teach kids about the the possibilities in the world and we we, we parents spend so much time putting their kids in a box rather than allowing their imagination to to grow and and morph and create uh, new ideas and that that's kind of what Bitcoin is you know when we talk to people who aren't in Bitcoin it seems like we're talking to somebody who's in a box who's just like oh no that can't be done because it's never been done before you know and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's this thing that allows for levitation but nobody nobody uses it we're like oh the, the car will never work you know I'm gonna start a, a horse and buggy whip shop because that's gonna last forever and uh, it, it's about staying open and honest and and you know letting letting the world you know being being part of a bigger world and uh, i think that that gets lost as we turn into adults for most people so one of the things i love about the bitcoin community is it's about it allows us to be kids again because we get to imagine what our lives are going to be like uh, under a bitcoin standard mm, yeah i like the way you said that that's actually yeah that was actually because i think jeff and i both as adults uh have gone through that mm, metamorphosis change we're both butterflies i mean i'm i you know to go I, get okay, matching fine. tattoos I mean, that's cool you should make fun of my flowery language what i'm trying to be <laughs> that's fine no it is true though because i suddenly have better visions of what my future could be and some of it's related to Bitcoin. I mean, it's all related to Bitcoin, but in the sense of like, like when I, you know, it, uh, and we'll talk about this later on, but it, you know, like if you had said to me, you know what, Doug, uh, you know, 10 years from now, you're going to be really interested in regenerative farming. 
-hmm. and you are going to to really want to like raise cows and pigs and goats and have a place where your children can run and climb trees i'd be like you're insane that's that's so that's so like pie in the sky stupid you know like i would never do that but bitcoin literally presented that so what you're saying is is you know children if i'm wrong correct me but you know children don't come with any preconceived notions they would never say oh you're being stupid they would say oh that's what the future is oh okay you know like so it's it's much it's a much easier sell even to like to kids mm -hmm. uh, because they don't have any preconceived um you know notions or 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 uh uh what's the word Jeff? biases right now? biases biases yeah yeah they have no they have no biases to to what could happen so yeah. in that regard you know i think it's yeah. i think it's important to this book is important like reading it as an adult because you can kind of remember like this is what it is okay when we were kids we were taught what money was in some sense and taught well money doesn't grow on trees that's about the extent of my money lessons that i got and no other lessons and then you work for money and you save money whereas to teach a kid bitcoin i think this is maybe just a me problem because i've had a blast my son's three and i've had a blast teaching him like numbers letters and shapes and dinosaurs and all sorts of things but he, i haven't taught him any abstract concepts yet and so i guess bitcoin's going to be the first thing where i actually try and teach him like a thing that isn't just like a, here's a picture of a triceratops. Okay, that's a triceratops. It's like, here's a picture of Bitcoin. Let me talk to you for the next 17 years trying to explain it, right? So I think <laughs> like reading this book, I'm like, holy shit, this is this is gonna be, it's, it's tough to teach an adult what Bitcoin is, but to teach a kid what Bitcoin is, like, I just don't wanna do it wrong, you know? Cause no, I'm, there's so much to learn about Bitcoin. You guys broke it down in really simple, like what, how many pages, really simple things that all of these things are, it's so important. Bitcoin is so important to me that teaching my son about it is something that I'm trying to figure out how to do. So this book is definitely gonna help me with that. And just, I appreciate you doing it. So I guess I'm just trying to say thanks. Yeah, no, th thank you. It's a it's it's a big compliment, and uh, we're always so happy every time that um, our our book you know touches a touches a, a human chord with people who read it. Um, you know, I even find myself uh, reading it often, uh, which is weird because how often does an author just sit down and read his book over and over again? But when 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 you read it and then you go out and you live your your normal life i i find how many of the things that uh, i wrote about you know affect the way i make decisions um every day uh just just based on what i see you know how the how the bond market is working how the stock market is working you know what what the the talking heads on uh, on the financial news networks are saying what people say about the 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 virus and all that other kind of stuff you know there, there's definitely it it can change the way you think and uh one of the things that we've heard so much about the book is it is it really is for the young and the old there's there's things inside of the book that uh everybody can connect with and uh, it really is that rabbit hole you know it's like when you when you watch the movie Alice in Wonderland as a kid. You're like, oh, cool. You know, there's, oh, there's a rabbit. He goes down a hole. Oh, she drinks this potion. She gets small. She drinks this potion. She gets big, you know? And then you have the, the Red Queen and you have all these things. 
And then when the story gets talked about amongst adults, you know, the subliminal meanings behind everything in the story really have a completely different significance and just as valid as when you were a kid, but you look at it from a different way. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, it, you, you realize that you've been looking at life in the... They lied to me, damn it. <laughs> I've just been lied to. The world is so different. It's so different. Okay, let me... Uh, we have... This always happens so, to us. So here's... A, yeah, this... So here's... A, yeah. Oh, wait, so, wait, wait. I want to say one thing. I want to say one thing. Just... Uh, for Chris here. You said you read your own book all the time. I totally get it. I definitely listen back to our own podcasts all the time to make sure that we're doing a good job and that I like it. So yeah, I get that idea of like, eh, let's make sure everything's going well here. And yeah, be proud of what you did. You should be proud. All right. So, so having said that, let one of the things Jeff and I have always agreed on, because we haven't agreed on a lot, honestly, doing this podcast, it's been very interesting to like, have two very divergent uh ideals come together for this podcast but one of the things we always agreed on is that we don't want to just be shills okay for for anything whatever it is okay we're not peter mccormick here so um we have some tough questions for you guys okay and it's not because we don't like you because honestly this has been a very pleasant conversation but you know we're here to talk about real stuff. That's what we do. Two guys talking plus you guys. So now it's four guys talking. So here's some, here's some tough questions that we're going to throw at you guys. Quote unquote. All right. All right. Um, do the easy ones first because uh, our, our yeah. son came in and, and Frida had to step away for a second here. Oh, oh, so, all right. So it's just Chris. All right. Well, all right. One hand tied behind your back. I got I you. Apologize. Okay. <laughs> so this is a dual part question here. Right. And, and, Go ahead and answer it if you want, or just say you don't want to. That's fine. I don't care. Why did you decide to write this book? And why, this is the bigger one probably, why did you feel like you guys were qualified to dive into this and write this book? I was tricked. No. Um, so about a year and a half ago, and I can answer this question pretty easily without Freddie here. She's coming back now. Um so about a year and a half ago, Frida was finally like, Chris, you're spending all of your extra time researching Bitcoin, learning about Bitcoin, reading books on central banking and the finance industry and Weimar Republic. And, you know, you, you, you name it. I, I've gone deep down the rabbit hole. She's like, our kids need to learn about money. They need to learn young. You need to write a book for our kids about money. And I was like, well, that's going to be really difficult to do because Bitcoin is such a big topic. Like, where do you start? And I think that's one of the biggest challenges people have with even starting to learn about Bitcoin is it just seems like this, this big new world. Like, where do you start? Um, and so I, I kind of played it off for a long time. And then she kept asking me to... Uh, to focus and to think of an idea for a kid's story. And, and I was, when I was a kid, I loved Dr. Seuss books. And so um, one night I had my laptop in front of me and I was watching TV and Frida had her laptop in front of her and she was doing some work. And um, I just had this, I, I just listened to a podcast. I don't even remember what it was. And I just thought to myself, you know, Bitcoin is something. It's something quite rare. 
And uh, I was like, well, that's kind of silly, but I'll open up a Word document and I'll just write it down. And then I just, it just started coming. And uh, I don't know exactly how long it took to, to write the story, but it ended up within an evening, I had pretty much the whole story written out and uh, I had Frida stop what she was doing. And uh, I read it to her and she was like, Chris, that is the story. She's like, break it out and I'll draw the pictures for it. So I said, cool. So I broke it out into different pages and I said, okay, here you go. Cause uh, Frida, when she was in high school, she's uh, focused on art and uh, she's a, she's a really good artist. And the more she draws, the better her art gets. And we've done uh, pictures for each one of uh, paintings for each one of our kids on different animals, um, which are, which are pretty cool. And uh, so she, she reads the story and she goes, I know what you're saying, but I have no idea what to draw here. So I was like, well, I can pretty much only draw stick figures. Well, so what are we well, going to do? I did actually have an idea. You know, I was going very essential. I was going like, oh, it's a Genesis block. And I started drawing the creation of the world. And yeah, it was it was rainbows <laughs> and the Mona Lisa's and, and all and, those and, things. And, and it was not the kind of drawings that we have now. Like the drawings that we have now are very approachable and very kid like. You know, it was kind of it was going to be over the top, you guys. But <laughs> so I'm happy we actually went went into this approach. But it was it was really like a collaboration over probably like two months or so. I think we almost sat down like every night and. Chris would have the general ideas for the pictures and like stick figures. And some of them were translated literally, as you can still see some stick figures in there. Um, but uh, yeah, I just added some of it. Um, especially the Bitcoin bunny is, is definitely my creation. Chris wanted the rat in there, which makes perfect sense now in retrospect looking at it. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of how, how we worked on it. Yeah. The, the, no, the and I'm sorry, the, go ahead. The, the the Bitcoin bunny and the fiat rat, you know, and, and kind of make a lot of sense if you think about it, because, you know, Bit, the, the way Bitcoin has been adopted around the world, it's it's kind of like how rabbits multiply. You know, you can't <laughs> stop it. They brought they bring rabbits to Australia and all of a sudden the, the most dominant animal in Australia is rabbits, you know, kind of deal. And then on the, right. on the other side of it, you have rats who almost have just as big as an offspring as rabbits do. And so it's these two competing forces, both animals, you know, bit, rabbits are like a species that are incredibly hard to kill. And rats, uh, growing up, my family, we actually had a couple of pet rats. And you learn that they're very intelligent creatures, problem-solving creatures. And uh, one joke that I always say is you always got to be careful of animals with a biposable thumb because they're they're cleverer cleverer than you think you know you think of squirrels you think of raccoons you think of rats you, you know these are, these are very clever animals and they figure out way to solve problems and that's kind of what our central bank planners and governments have done is they've they've seen a problem with the money and they keep trying to solve a problem that you know doesn't really need to be solved all you got to do is stop messing with the money and uh so the, the two competing forces of a, of, a, of a bunny and a rabbit and excuse me, a, a, a rabbit and a, and a rat uh, makes sense. And then when you think of like the, the rat race 
and uh, you know, uh, all of us kind of being on this hamster wheel of fiat, um, it just made sense. Yeah, and uh, and I was going to say, you know, initially when you guys sent us the book, I I had a very again forty five year old reaction to it, and I, I I was like this this is so rudimentary. Like <laughs> this book is for kids. <laughs> yeah, this book is totally for kids. <laughs> this is, is going to work for me. I'm a man. I'm a human man. But uh, no, like I I I do. You know, we have to ask these questions because I don't I don't. You know, I, I think you guys need to you need to say what you just said, which is important. And uh, they are rudimentary pictures. And I'm glad to hear that you guys made this conscious choice because they are, um, for lack of a better set of terms, you know, like they make sense. If I look at it through the lens of my five year old or mm-hmm. through my 10 year old, like this makes sense, you know. And and so I, I guess what I want to say in, in terms of that is. If you guys go to the website, okay, and uh, you guys can plug that right now and you'll plug it again, right? That's uh, bitcoinforkiddos.com. Um, you know, you got to, you got to, Bitcoiners are really hardcore, right? And, and I, and I'm saying this as somebody who was really hardcore when I opened this book. I'm just being honest with you guys. Like I, I, since my Bitcoin journey, I tear apart everything. Like my first instinct is to just rip it apart. But you guys, you guys had some real good thought here. Like in, in, uh, and I want to, uh, I want to congratulate you on that, I guess. And, and, um, uh, I don't know. It's, let me, yeah, let me, yeah, let me ask this question. Um, yeah, yeah. I have another question about the book. Okay. So, do you think becoming a Bitcoiner, I, I've like changed the way I look and do things, Doug, uh, you've said like, oh, you broke a, one of your tools broke and you used to get angry at it, but now you're excited to try something new. So <laughs> having no experience in writing stories before, uh, do you think because you were a Bitcoiner, you said, okay, well, we have to figure out, like, there's a lot of work that goes into it. You have to figure out how to get published. You need to figure out a printing, uh, whoever prints it for you. You have to figure out distribution. Like, was that uh, pretty overwhelming for you? Or was that something you just took at and said, hey, we, we can do this. We can do this together. Was that a Bitcoin mentality or is that just how you've always felt? I think like definitely uh, the Bitcoin message and getting it out, that was like the driving force behind it. Um, I think honestly, like I am a true believer that you go through and learn different things in life in order to come to a point where you can use it all. And so I think honestly, my background and then Chris's background combined was a pretty good um, combination of the two, mm-hmm. um, you know, we dabbled a little bit, honestly, like, you know, this is not Chris's first story to be written. Um, <laughs> and we dabbled a little bit in, in, in the movie business in Hollywood for okay. just a touch here and there. So this is not like a book written, but like, you know, um, episodes written, um, for just, you know, just screening and like interaction and stuff. Um, and then, you know, my background as a product manager and essentially like I'm a figure outer, like if I have mm-hmm. something in my head and I, I see a vision, like there is nothing that's going to stop me from getting that done. And so like, I don't mind like doing kind of like the back end thing, like the dirty work that maybe people, people like get discouraged with, you know? And so, 
um, it, it's it kind of we're, we're a pretty good combo in that, I would say. Um, and then also, you know, it's very important, like we talked about, you know, like, do we make this like a digital version, for example, right? Because we do have the hurdle still of, you know, it being pretty expensive to ship overseas, or, you know, do we pay a third party to hold our books to be shipping out for locally cheaper? Um, so that's kind of like something we're going through, right? And we've mm -hmm. had like a natural adaption that was like beyond belief of what we thought we could sell. Like our only marketing that we really do is we do some posts on Twitter and we got a tremendous response. Like, I mean, we were happy like selling maybe like a hundred books and it's been way beyond that. Um, and so we are, you know, it's, I think, I think it comes down to like, if you have a driving force and it's really like the driving force is, is our kids and also um, I think for me at the beginning, you know, coming into Bitcoin, it was like, man, it's digital, you know? Um, oh, I don't really, you know, I work on a computer all day. And do I want to be on that media more and like trust my money on there? But then, you know, like you learn about the cold storage makes sense. You know, you kind of get into that, that whole thing. But then to discover the actual Bitcoin community and understand that Bitcoiners are not all about the digital world, so to speak. I mean, there's obviously Bitcoiners of all variations and sizes, but um, the mass majority, at least, that I've been talking to or have, you know, come to learn about um, or gotten to know um, are really people that want, like you say, you know, have a farm, have a garden, teach your kids how to, you know, be closer to nature. And it comes back to the rudimentary things. And that's why I also love about Bitcoin that it's just so not rudimentary, obviously, but it's, it's a, it's basic and it's not looking to change fast. You know, it's not, it's not so progressive. That so is, yes. hundred percent. No, it does. It calls back to a simpler time and yet yeah. it's not, it's not that at the same time. Exactly. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's really, but the value that comes that's a really good have... yeah yeah that's a really yeah. good point it does it just it mm. it's so hard to try to explain that to people that don't get it you know what i mean it's... You, you just you 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 delve into you jump down that rabbit hole and and it's just it it starts to spread inside of your brain and suddenly mm -hmm. things that used to make the most sense make no sense at all and mm -hmm. something that made no sense suddenly they're the thing that you want the most, you know, like, it's just, it's very, it's very weird being a Bitcoiner. I have to admit. Yeah. It's and, like, then also, uh, God. and then also it's, it is one thing where you can't blame people, right? You mean you're raised in a society for so long that tells you certain things are important. And then all of a sudden you get to decide for yourself, like, you know, that's, it's, yep. it's, it's, no, it's, it's a very, it's a very freeing experience. You know, one of the it is. That's it's, oh it's my gosh. Like, That's uh, really... Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. It's kind of like in uh, oh, what's the movie? Damn it! Hold on, let me think. Uh, uh, For Forrest Gump. Where? Okay, this is kind of weird, but you know, he, he does something. And he's like, well, don't have to worry about money anymore. One less thing. He was obviously <laughs> saying it in the he was saying it in the sense of that he had so much that he didn't have to worry about it. Whereas yeah. you can take that and be like. I don't have to fit like money is solved. The way it works is perfect and done. You still have to worry about how much you want to get and what you're going to do with it, but you don't have to worry about a broken system that has been working before. Like that money, that money system is done. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Bitcoin is ushered in a, 
I don't have to worry about money. I just have to stack sats and enjoy my life. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that weight is definitely, uh, I think any Bitcoiner can agree that uh, once you go down that rabbit hole and once you truly understand it and believe in the technology and what it's doing, that uh, it's a huge weight lifted off your shoulder. And then the new weight that gets put back on your shoulder is how do I contribute to this community? Mm-hmm. Because for years, all the podcasts, all the books, all the everything, it's basically been computer engineers, right? So unless mm-hmm. you can write code or understand code or you're a QA person or, or whatever, it's it's been really difficult to make an impact within the state, uh, within the, the community um, to, to move forward this technology. So... Um, you know, we were, we were happy to be able to find a way to, um, help other people realize that you don't have to be a computer programmer or a financial advisor or a bond trader or, or anything like that in order to make a a meaningful difference in the space. And, uh, one of the, one of the people that we've got to know a lot more, um, is a guy that goes by the name of Texas Slim. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing is, uh, and, and it sounds like, uh, Jeff, that you've, uh, Jeff, you're the one who buys the, the meat, right? Or is it Doug? No, Doug, Doug no, just got Doug. his cow. I, also, I, 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 I hear I hear a small Bitcoiner in the background. Oh, yes. Take a minute. Take a minute. That's fine. <laughs> they, that's fine. They're, they're, they're making their appearances from time to time now. No, that's fine. Um, that's, you know what? This is, listen, this is what we're doing it for. Yeah, like, absolutely. If we... If we can't take a minute for them, then we're not Bitcoiners. You know what I'm saying? Like, take it. That's fine. I can edit it or do whatever you got to do. It's fine. And that's the other part of it, too, is, you know, when you think about it, we're, you know, we're in our 40s. So by the time Bitcoin really takes hold, I mean, we may we may miss the boat, but it's important that we help our kids understand what the technology is and and how to use it wisely. which is, you know, something I grew up in, uh, in the, in Northern California, in the Bay area, um, Apple was walking distance from my house, uh, eBay and PayPal are still walking distance from where my, where my parents live. Um, I grew up in that environment, went to San Jose state. So I was around the tech industry my whole life. And, uh, I remember the time before the internet and I remember the time after the internet. And, um, now I see kids, how, you know, parents give their three-year-old kids tablets for hours on end and just let them absorb their face into this computer screen, learning about... Do you know what the irony is of that? Is that Steve Jobs wouldn't let his kids have any of his inventions. You know, he would not let them have an iPad. They were not allowed it. Like, yeah. When you screen, you really start to... Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we try that, and for the most part, our, you know, basically we tell our kid, well, our, well, we'll tell our kids, but right now it's... Um, because we're so busy, you know, it kind of sucks that we use technology as a way to entertain them at the time, but our kids aren't allowed to watch TV much before two or three o'clock in the afternoon because, and they say what, when they say why, and we say, because we want you to use your imagination. <laughs> you know, yep. like, yeah, exactly. Play with your toys. <laughs> we got a whole house full of broken toys. Go, toy. Go play with that. Go run around. Yep. Yeah, figure it that's out the way it has to be man like I, we all grew up like that we all grew up with with different variations on a theme which was uh, uh, oh yeah me? what 
We got the baby in the room now. That's no, no worries. No worries. It's all about them. At the end of the day, all of Bitcoin is really about them. We're trying to... Hi, how are you? We're trying to usher in, you know, a, a, a new world order, to use that phrase, to steal it from them. Star Wars. Well done. Yeah. No, we're, st <laughs> uh, we're stealing that from them. I don't care. I'm going to steal. I, I want my children to be part of a new world concept, you know, and uh, it's about them. It really is. And you're the first family that we've ever, like we had Gigi on and we, uh, we heard his background. He had like a lot of chickens and stuff like that, but, uh, we didn't hear his kids and we should like, uh, there should be, in my opinion, and I'm, I am, uh, two glasses of scotch in, but I don't care. <laughs> we should hear a hundred percent. Every Bitcoiner on this show should have some kid in the background making some noise and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it because that's great, what we're doing it for. You know, here's a great story for you. So we were doing. Yes. <laughs> She's like, we I think I was a, called. We were doing a podcast, uh, on uh, weaponized news and uh, we were maybe an hour and 20 minutes into the conversation and you could you could hear. uh his his wife struggling with their three kids in the background after dinner, trying to keep them quiet as as we were filming. And he had this big uh, backdrop set up on American kind flag. of a kind of a, a whiteboard uh, that he had uh, pinned an American flag to. And w five minutes before the end of the podcast, the kids come breaking into the room and they hit the whiteboard and the whiteboard falls and the flag comes off. And it was just like this total chaotic moment that was so awesome because it was, you know, families learning from one another, talking to one another, building this community. And uh, it just it was exactly what you're talking about. I think it's yeah. such an important thing. I mean, the fiat world and the powers that be that control that seem to really have a narrative to push people to not want to have kids. And I know a few of my friends that are living that life. And I just try and explain to them, like, as cliche as this sounds, it's like when I think, yeah, it sounds super cliche, but like when I think about my life before my son was born, it's like, it was just like, useless and nothing and now it's like i'm so excited to live and spend my time with him and see what he does and see what he learns and having kids is awesome you should have like a million of them that's what i tell everybody I'm like have kids early and have as many as you possibly can and uh yeah. it seems like that's something that bitcoiners share that's it, it should be obvious and for some reason that's become something that is like demonized the idea of, of having kids is like a bad thing it makes it makes me sad that's like one one podcast uh, is uh, once bitten. I don't know if you guys heard of it with Daniel Prince. Okay, so I have a I have a uh, a confession here. Yeah, I, I listened to one of his episodes today, and then I saw that you guys were on it. And yeah. being a hard dive diving into um, what's the word interviewer that I am, I wanted to do some research. And so I, st I started listening to your show and then I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to listen because I just kind of want to meet these guys as we talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to listen to that episode tomorrow because I figured, he, why would I get all my answers from a show if I'm going to talk to him tonight? But yeah, that guy's yeah. awesome. But yeah, he, he I love it how he has his kids actually be in the room and interview. And, you know, honestly, at the beginning when I started listening to his podcast, it made me uncomfortable, you know, because I'm like, wait, something is going to get messed up. Oh, my God coming from, you know, like a, just a very fiat background office world, you know, that I'm in on a day to day, usually. 
um, you know, working from home still, but yet, you know, um, so that's just something that, yeah, I do really appreciate. Yeah. Our, our joke around the house lately is whenever we see something that's off the wall, like this, um, this, this, uh, college kid who went from man to woman, and now he's blowing away all the national swimming records and whatever. And, uh, I just look at Frida and I just go peak fiat right there <laughs> you know like how do you guys there. survive in california honestly no but then I mean, there's not... about not being in california yeah. as often as possible oh man oh no i mean yeah i mean we're, we're evaluating our situation here you know it's like you're it's making sure you have extra flippers for your feet when you cross the river right <laughs> <laughs> there's no river from california to wisconsin and they're welcome i'm just saying mighty colorado river yeah. All right. We're swimming so, into Arizona, which isn't necessarily better. So as much as I do want your kids on the show, and I do, don't get me wrong, I understand that you guys have like parental duties that you have to have to check in on. So um let's uh let's do one let's do things out of order in terms of Jeff. Let's do things out of order in terms of our uh our show notes. Okay. Okay. Uh first of all, can I just let me just say something to you guys, okay? Um, first of all, I, I genuinely, especially after talking to you, I really love what you've done. I, I recommend that everybody head on over to Bitcoin for kiddos. Now, do you guys take Bitcoin? Cause I'm on your website right now yeah. and I'm looking, do you? Yeah, okay. And so it's, there's a quick checkout. So when you go through the checkout process, they're trying to like get you to quick checkout with a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So you put in your information and then at the next step, when you put in like your address, then it'll offer you the option of the lightning network, or you can go, uh, check out with uh, Coinbase. That's hot. That's super hot. Okay. So everybody, please listen. If you got little ones, if you don't have little ones, but you got nieces, and nephews, that's fine. Go to Bitcoin for kiddos. K-I-D-D-O-S dot com. All right. Check it out. Go and look at, you know, what I found actually really interesting was uh, you, you learn about the About Us section where uh, Chris talks about his dad and the conversation. Check it out. You should absolutely do that. Um, the one thing that I wanted to, 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 to suggest to you guys is I would love to see a little more uh, mature version from you guys. Have you guys heard of the Tuttle Twins? No. Okay. Check out the Tuttle Twins. Okay. You can just, just Google Tuttle Twins. They are a series. Um, and they, they have actually a whole series of books. I don't know who authors it, but my kids have all of the Tuttle Twins books, but they talk about stuff like, um, taxes, right? They have a whole book about taxes. They have a whole book about, um, uh, what is it? Like the, the creature from Jekyll Island, right? Really? So maybe, yeah, maybe something in the vein of that would be super cool. And if you could go ahead and just like give me like the you know like the at the beginning where you're like off you know like your uh when when you gave uh Max and Stacy Herbert a lot of love, if you want to go ahead and give me that, that'd be super cool. I'd be down for that. Thanks so for the fan. <laughs> Next book dedicated to Doug and Jeff. No, but nice but book. honestly, like if you haven't checked out Tuttle Twins, you really should because they're you will like them. I promise you. Okay. Uh, they talk about and they're they're a Christian. I don't know if you guys are Christian or not. It doesn't matter. But uh, they have a lot of Christian books. Uh, they talk about a lot of Christian. They're they're a Christian based author, you know. Uh, so, but they do talk about things like like that. So, 
maybe something in that vein where you could maybe bump it up from the uh what what is your what would you guys consider your your range in terms of this book bitcoin for kiddos bitcoinforkiddos.com you mean as far as uh as an age like if you if if if, uh, if if we have a listener out there right now and they have an age group what age group is this most appealing to let's say I don't know, probably, Who are you pitching this to? Probably five to twelve. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so right. I'd say somewhere in there. It kind of depends on you know the thing about the book is it's kind of a conversation starter, right? So we wanted to create something that was not only easy to read but also easy to engage um, with parents and their kids and start the conversation about money uh, in their in their families. Um, and Frida and I, we have this really opposing, uh, kind of the way we grew up. So in my family, both my parents were entrepreneurs and owned their own business. And so my brother and I were integral parts of, uh, not necessarily the day-to-day operations, but whenever certain piecemeal jobs needed to be done, the whole family was involved and we all learned how, um, the income from those jobs created the house and the food and the and everything that we had. And so in, in my family, uh, we took very good care of everything we had because we understood the value that it took or the, the, the work that it took to create those things. And uh, not to take away anything from, from Frida's childhood, uh, but she grew up in much more of a money was kind of always there and just don't worry about it and kind of live your life uh, type of thing. So um, she wasn't really a part of the of the family's, um, I don't know, wealth generation engine, I guess you would say. So um, we wanted to create. So it took us a long time uh, of butting heads a lot on money you know one of the one of the things that breaks up a relationship more than anything else is 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 money um and i've had a lot of friends who are like oh Mm -hmm. we're we're getting married and we're gonna we're spending like thirty thousand dollars on this wedding and i'm like are you crazy like money is like (laughs) the number one thing that breaks up a relationship and you're gonna start 20 or thirty thousand dollars in debt um, not to take away from anybody who's listening to this podcast in the future. That, no, definitely you know, take away from them. Don't do it. Mary, just <laughs> <stand>. that. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure everybody can agree that it could create some some really serious wedges. And if if the two people aren't strong enough to be able to, I don't know, take a step back and um, realize that their opinion isn't necessarily always the right opinion, and to speak openly and honestly and communicate often with one another, like it can really tear apart a relationship. And so we were lucky enough that um, we could have those conversations and we went through some pretty hard times ourselves um, in 2008 after the well, financial crisis. Yeah, you were, you were a financial I, advisor in 2007, so obviously. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like me and like a lot of other people in finance, you know, lost my job. We had to, we had to move into another place. We had an investment property we lost. I had to file bankruptcy. I had to go through a short sale. Like we went through the ringer uh, on everything and, and came out the other side broke, but uh, still in love because we were able to communicate with one another and uh, and and to grow and, and build together in, in that respect. So it's just you know, saying just, that. Can I just interrupt you for one second? Just saying that it has this is. This is not something Jeff and I wrote down earlier, but has Bitcoin 
helped your relationship, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Every time. Okay. So in, uh, you, you remember, okay. So now Bitcoin's back down at 42, but you remember when it was at 50 and it dropped to 42 in that, uh, short squeeze. Sure. Dude, uh, I, I mean, honestly, Bitcoin, I barely Bitcoin even know. So this, this is like one of those things <laughs> where like made me love her more was, uh, it drops to 42 or 46 and, uh, I'm, I'm on my app and I'm trying to transfer money over and I'm trying to buy as much as I can. And I'm like, Frida, I can't get any money over. And she just looks at me and she goes, should I deposit some money and start buying? And I was like, oh, that's hot. That's, <laughs> that's, that's kid number three right there. Bam. I was like, yes. <laughs> that's awesome. No, no I, 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 I agree with you. It's it, when Bitcoin, when Bitcoin enters the conversation and you get your spouse on board, you know, and again, we're, we're trying to talk to people that are new to this. Like they don't, they don't get it necessarily, but they will. It's just this idea that once you're on the same page with your spouse, it makes a, a world of difference. Like there's a whole shift in focus and paradigm that, that was a beautiful response, Frida. You've done real good. You, you trained him well. Good job. And, uh, you know. And, you know, like the one thing that I want to add is like, I think, you know, it's interesting because I have some people that I would have expected like, hey, Bitcoin is really your thing and you should really like get into it. Some people see it over and over and over again and they just don't want it. And it's almost like that whole thing about, you know, if if there's very few people that will consciously sit down and say, like, what do I want to get out of life? Or very few people that will actually take mm -hmm. a time to meditate 10 minutes a day. You know, like people talk about it because it's more mainstream now, but it's like, yeah, like do the work. <laughs> and um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it does not come easy, does it? Yeah, it's, that's where the hurdle is, because, you know, I, I think at least from the people that I've seen, like how Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, what, what is he saying? He's just, he just wants your she, attention for a second, doesn't he? Yeah, no. Yeah, she, is that she a, is. That's our oh, little, is she? She's, she's a year old. Yeah, she's a year old. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Adorable. Um, I, I mean, I kind of wish we were doing video right now. I'm not going to lie. I know. She is very cute. You're missing out. Yeah, of course she is. Yeah, it's, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think. I think it really comes down to um, it's just the human aspect. Like we are herd animals, you know, everybody else is doing what they're doing. There's very few of us that are now, I mean, and more and more people are like coming to Bitcoin, but to say like, truly be with yourself and be like, what do I want out of this life? Like how many more, you know, years do I have? And like, what's important to me? And then also like being playful in it again, because I think, you know, as adults, especially in the, in the peak fiat world, um, we lose like the playfulness, like the true playfulness of being vulnerable and just being ourselves and like kind of going back to our dreams. And like, I think the one thing that Bitcoin did for us is we started really like just playfully playing with the idea of like, wow, we have the storage of value that, you know, yes, there's a very slight, slight chance that it might all go downhill, but so what, you know, like we will still be with our dreams and, do what we do and and live in the moment and do life you know and like what are we here for other than doing that you know like who wants to just chris, go in that race you know? chris you have a good woman there my friend the winner right you are you have won 
You have won uh, the guy lottery. Like, <laughs> I agree. You've done, you've done very well. So, like that's that's amazing, Frida. Uh, that's it's, it's something that Jeff and I have talked about on this show and trying to uh, and and he and I have also been very lucky. And, and I'm going to say it: we've been lucky. You know, like I I I have seen the Reddit posts where men have been divorced from their their wives because the wives just never got it you know and all yeah. they could think of was oh he's just betting he and you were talking about it earlier frida where it's like what is what is he what is chris gambling on now you know and it's like <laughs> but but some women never quite trust maybe or That's i don't know i don't deal. know i mean if you don't if you for sure i mean you have to have trust in your own home and I can tell you, like that trust can be destroyed super quickly. I mean, and yeah. and Bitcoin just kind of, you know, I guess found me at the right moment, found us at the right moment when we were ready for it. I can tell you, if Bitcoin, Bitcoin crossed our path several times in the past, and we didn't bite because our lives were not in tune with it. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I feel like Bitcoin finds you. You don't find Bitcoin. I agree with that completely. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's when your eyes start opening and then it's like, oh, this is this is yeah. the answer I've been looking for. And yeah, it's so important to be on the same page with your significant other because if you're not, it really oh, is. It really, what a really nightmare. is. What a hey, you know, kind of one of the comments that you said, you, you, know, you weren't sure if we were Christians or not. We, we definitely are. And when I think of the, that uh, line, you know, the meek will inherit the earth, um, I think maybe God was talking about Bitcoin. Um, you know, a lot of the prophecies that he told were thousands of years in the making before the prophets came or before the second, you know, uh, before Jesus came or, and all, and all that other kind of stuff. And the meek inheriting the earth is really the poor becoming the rich and the rich becoming poor. And as you see the adoption curve of Bitcoin, what you notice is the poor and the unbanked are the ones who are buying this thing and the rich, those, um, cotillionaires, uh, if you've if you've learned about uh, the, the 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 meaning of a, of cotill the cotillionaires, yeah. it's basically the rich that um, are so ingrained into the current fiat system that they're going to fight tooth and nail from Bitcoin um, succeeding because it's going to offset their prosperity, and in doing so, they're missing the biggest opportunity of a lifetime, uh, of of a, of a generation or more. Mm -hmm. I agree. And so all of us, all of us meek, if you will, um, are are about to uh, have a life that we weren't sure if we were ever going to be able to to have. And you know, well, I think I, I have a, yeah, I have, I have, I have a quick bone to pick because this freaking pod, my journey in Bitcoin. I, I think I'm still. I, I you speak about the meek and the little guy, and yet. Chris, you're still a freaking financial advisor. It's like I'm what? Not. <laughs> a long time ago. I, you know, I, I learned about it. I had to get my licensing, but I realized it wasn't for me. So, no, but you know, just what I mean by that is that I think there's still a, like I've always been a broke ass bitch. We've always struggled with money, and I, I think there's a lot of people out there that still struggle with money. Dude, and, dude, come on! There's a one year old right there. Calm it, calm it down. Calm what did I say? Uh, we're, we're anyway, weekend, we've been no we've been perfect this episode i, I feel like we, we have ex well except for the one-year-old sitting right there and you said broke ass bitch like, i don't on. that's not a swear if you don't say broke ass bitch in front of your kid when you're talking if about you had yeah, one, if, if you had how else are you gonna explain to a wife would slap you how okay? do you explain like, to a one-year-old what the fiat system is other than a bunch of broke ass bitches <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but but what I mean by that, and by the to, way, this is the first G version of this show we've ever done. So good job, everybody. <laughs> I just mean that there's couples out there that their only goals are to like make enough money just to survive to the next week, which is what my life was for quite a while. And I guess you guys experienced that by by losing it all in 2008 and having to start from scratch. But what people would need to realize, especially new Bitcoiners, is that it's not like I think I've quoted my buddy uh, Biggie Smalls before, but it's like, it's more money, more problems. Like once you have more money, you still have to learn how it works. And I think uh, Bitcoin's a good way to do that. And it, it, the people like the people out there that are chasing the, the scam coins and whatever else that are looking for get rich quick schemes, you know that like their, their deeper self is still not going to be fulfilled. So it's good to hear a continual um, theme of Bitcoiners that don't care so much about getting rich so much as they care about enjoying their life and it seems like you guys follow that path and i appreciate you for that yeah and on, on that same subject absolutely. too absolutely absolutely and on that same subject you know a lot of people don't realize that people who are quote unquote rich still know absolutely nothing about money and it's one of the scariest topics that they have i was uh uh talking with uh one of my one of my customers kind of friends and he's a partner in a business that's that's very successful. And uh, his partnership in the business is worth millions of dollars. And I was like, bro, just retire. Like, what are you working <laughs> yeah. for? Like, get out, like, enjoy your life. You, you let all these hobbies like go do them. And he's just like, if I sold my spot in the in the business, I have no idea what I would do with the money. None. I, I, I don't know where I would put it. I would. I, He's, he's, it, it scares him so much that he wakes up every morning and goes back to work. So then you send him a copy of Bitcoin how, for kiddos. You, here you go, that? kiddo. It's so sad, how, man. That's super sad. The right, so has created listen, people we, to live for money, and it's like money ain't worth living for. And it, that's what I try and tell people. It's like Bitcoin doesn't really matter. What matters is what you do with it. So. Yeah. All right. So listen, our guests, uh, they, they express at the beginning that they, they do have a family to feed and they, they got to go put babies to bed and everything else. So we're going to, we're going to jump ahead and then jump back in terms of our, our, what we're going to do. But what I would like Chris or Frida, like if one of you guys have to go and deal with kids, that's fine. We appreciate it. No worries. Uh, we would like to do, um, what we call, uh, the Bitcoin, uh, why Bitcoin price check. And I would love to have your, especially, you know, given you were a financial advisor. Bleh, uh, Gee, that's why I got out of it. <laughs> I, know. I, I would love for you to play the game with us. Uh, and then we can, we can yeah. jump to the next thing or whatever. Uh, and if you guys want to stick around for it, that's cool. But uh, uh, I understand, we understand that you, you guys, you know, we can hear it. You, they're ready for bed. You know what I mean? Like you can hear that kind of thing. So, uh, can you guys stick around just for the the Bitcoin price check? Yeah, yeah, of okay. course. All right, all right. So, Jeff, do you want to give the rules for this game? Okay, everybody. If this is your first time, it's. Uh, I'm sorry. It is time for why Bitcoin presents your weekly price check. That's right. It's time for the uh, Bitcoin weekly. Uh, why Bitcoin weekly price check? I don't know why I keep missing that, but. Uh, Jeff, give us the rules. Go ahead. 
Okay, everybody, if this is your first time listening, Doug and I make a guess of what the price of one Bitcoin is going to be at the next recording of the podcast. Uh, we do our podcast in seasons. We just closed season two. This is season. Uh, this is episode two of season three. Uh, we're looking at whoever has the most points, meaning whoever guesses the closest to the actual retail price of a Bitcoin, uh, more times in the season will receive the grand prize from the um, other person of a pot of, what did we agree on? 50? 50, 50K? No, 100,000. 100,000 sats again? Okay. I owe don't, Doug. Don't. You know what? I'm going to whisper this because one-year-old in the room, don't be a bitch. A broke, I'm a broke-ass bitch, man. Don't be a broke-ass bitch. <laughs> okay, so we have 100,000 sats on the line. And yeah, right, so, we're going to make a guess. Okay, oh, if we have a guest on the show, which we do today, uh, you're free to play with us. We'd love for you to do so. And if your guess is the closest to the price of Bitcoin, then what we do is add 5,000 sats to the pot. Are you, are you down to play with this, Chris? I'm down. Right, and Rita. Down. I mean... And, is she still there? Uh, uh, I wasn't sure if she was Frida, there. Frida, sorry. Frida. Okay, right on. Okay, so we can have four right, But you guys, no, no, for the record, we, like you we said, we've never really had four people on the podcast before. So you guys have to come up with a joint one. Like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's let them both have you one. You both have one? Yeah. You just told me to not be a bitch, so now it's your turn to not be oh, a bitch. Oh, here we go. Okay, fine. You guys can each come up with your own. I don't okay, even know I what have... the price is right now. I haven't looked. I've been no, doing pretty I got, good. I got Bitpoint, a bit. Bitbo, Bitcoin, Bitbo.io, and currently we're at $42,250. Wait, what was last week? Did we make a guess last week? Yeah, we did. Of course we did. Did we update? You had 4,000, or 400, what is oh, it? Oh, $44,444.44. You took And I had, I had $41,297.06. So I don't want to do a lot of, like, subtraction so i'm you just gonna won. say that i won you won all right so season yeah, so so far you're in the lead and it's been i have uh, i have a point okay and point. so all right chris frida we're gonna take 30 seconds here and we're going to come up with the uh the price next monday right because this this podcast is recorded on mondays and you guys have to you both have to come up don't 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 cheat. Don't talk to Don't each cheat. other. Yeah, you have yeah. to write it down on yeah. a piece of paper. Close yeah. your eyes. Write it down. This is all the honor system. Throw it into the go. goblet of fire so that nobody can mess with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go. Starting now. I'm ready. And while you guys are writing it down, Jeff, I just want to say, I think you should talk more in your uh, smooth, smoky commentator uh, voice. That was very, very good. Do you like that? You like when I do that? Yeah. I appreciate that, man. I've been See, working I on like it. I like it when he does that too, but when he does the intro and the ex, the, the outro to the show, he always does this weird, like, I'm a man of many voices. Squeak. Yeah, stop. Just, just be I don't dog, notice guys. myself doing it, man. I have no oh, idea. It's so awful. It comes <laughs> every, time, every week I have to edit this crap, and it's like, ugh. <laughs> you have to it. listen to my voice. It's so bad. It's so Sorry, bad. Sorry, man. I'll try All to right. be better for you.
I'm ready build to build my himself. voice back better. Okay, I'm ready to. All right. So I won last week. I'll go first. Forty-two thousand nine hundred and seventy-five thousand even. Jeff, I went forty-two thousand and one cent. Oh God, what are you on? The Price Is Right. Yeah, oh, Lord. I don't know what I was. Right. I'm trying to make it fun numbers. This Wait, forty-two thousand one cent. Yeah, forty-two thousand zero 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 one cent. All right, Chris. Uh, let's let Frida go first. Oh, I'm gonna go really high and be like out of the norm. I'm gonna go forty-four thousand. Forty-four. Even. 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 All right, Chris. I'm gonna go forty-three thousand two hundred and forty-two and forty-two cents. Okay, that's a fun nice. number too. I appreciate All right. that number. Frida's the bear of, or the the bull. The of bull. This one. All right. And I'm the am I the bearishest one? I'm the bear. Uh, yeah, you're the bear. You're I'm the never bear the bear. bear. That's exciting. You're always you're the bear. From right on. You you Roar. do realize with all of those uh, numbers during the time span of one of your recordings, everybody could win. <laughs> yeah, but we, we <laughs> <Exactly. have> official <laughs> time. <laughs> it's true, though. It is true. All right. And so the price doesn't quick, matter. Let's let's be real. Real quick. Uh, let's let's uh, let's go ahead, guys. You guys have like what thirty seconds. Give us your elevator pitch. Give us your website. Give us whatever you want. And if you want to stick around after that, that's totally fine. But I, I at least want to make sure you guys have that on, on the record here. So it's I'm going to mute myself. Jeff's going to mute himself. Give us everything. Just make your sales pitch. Go. Yeah. All right. So we're the authors of uh, Bitcoin for Kiddos. If you're new to the concepts of money or new to the concepts of Bitcoin, this is a great introductory uh, introduction to the wild world of, uh, of Bitcoin and the world that uh, created uh, the necessity for, for Bitcoin to exist. It's uh, great for kids. It's great for adults. It's great for financial planners. It makes a wonderful uh, bedtime story, um, coffee table book, or, or bathroom read. Um, at the back of the book, there are definitions and concepts um, that you can use to explore different parts of the rabbit hole. And uh, we hope you enjoy the book and the conversations that you have with your family as much as we enjoy the conversations um, that this book has sparked in our own family. And you can find us at uh, bitcoinforkiddos.com or we're very active on Twitter at bitcoinforkid1. With the number one. And uh, DMs are open, so if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Or if you have a testimonial that you'd like to um, send us, we, we love them. So and, keep them coming. Yeah. And we've had, you know, as Chris was mentioning for financial advisors, actually multiple big offices, including Swan Bitcoin order our book and given it to their employees. So that was kind of fun. So if you need inspiration for the next holiday gift or, you know, just a little gag gift, that's a good, good occasion there too. So Jeff, you need to book Corey Klippenstein. Yeah, man. I'm working on that. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just saying we can't we can't have information out there without we without us checking on it. Brecky you know, Brecky so. works for Swan. That's true. Enough. All right, we'll double check. We'll double check. Did you gonna, okay, know. hold on. Your Twitter handle is Bitcoin for Kid One. Is yeah. 
How did that so, happen? What happened? Yeah, so that when, was Chris. Um, <laughs> when I got on Twitter. <laughs> my, listen, my, she's my, a good wife, but she immediately throws them under the bus. I love my it. My OCD is it. like, why? What are you guys doing here? There's got to be a better thick, way to do this. Thick skin. I got thick skin. Um, yeah, when I got onto Twitter, I, I wasn't very familiar with it. I was totally, totally new, and I didn't realize that uh, there was only so many characters you could have in a handle. So, um, but you have to connect it to an email address or a phone number or, or what. And uh, all the other play accounts I had never done with Twitter over the last 10 years were, were all taken. So hmm. um, before I knew it, that, that's what it was. <laughs> you, can, you can change it if you want to. You can, I'm just looking at it. You can make it like BTC for kiddos, right? You can change your can handle. You I can help you do that. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can help you do that if you want to. Oh yes, help us, please. Okay, perfect. This shouldn't be on the show, but I'll, I'll help you with that later. Oh, wait a just minute, message don't me ever after. take, don't take technical advice from Jeff. That's just like no, I did it. My my my, tw- my Twitter yeah. handle, my Twitter handle was from my old internet life, and I changed it to my Bitcoin life. Oh. It's easy. It's easy to do. So. Yeah, no stress. So actually, you guys should definitely talk to Jeff then before Friday when this episode <laughs> comes out because you know some jerkwad is gonna like try to, to oh like, yeah try sure. to snag the good oh, one. You're right. Yeah. Yep. So this will come out on Friday at five a.m. So you guys got time, but definitely. <laughs> I agree. I agree 100. percent Yes, I also like Chinese food. Good job. Good job. MSS. Good night. <laughs> right on. Good night, you guys. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So you guys, if you guys want to sign off, that's great. If you want to join oh, us Doug, for more conversation, let's just okay. One more thing I need to say to these new friends of ours. This is usually yeah. your line, but uh, all of our guests, we ask them to come back. And I had a list of questions, and we're almost two hours in, and I think we hit like two of the questions. So would yeah, you guys be uh, open to coming back on in a future episode? Definitely. Right yeah, on. Definitely. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I definitely want to talk to you guys when you when you issue the uh, Tuttle Twins version of Bitcoin for Kiddos. That's cool. that's my yeah. That's what I would like to do. So right on. I don't know. I kind of almost feel like if if they have them out there, then they've then they've already no, done it. No, right? no, 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 no. I'm tell- listen. I wouldn't steer you wrong, my friend. There's no Bitcoin version of Tuttle Twins. Like you guys could corner that that teenage market. You know what I'm saying? So you just got to set your sights on the. Uh, like 12 to 18 year old. That's yeah, what you got to do. We do actually currently have something that we're working on that's, we don't really know if we need to do a hard copy of it, but it's more educational and it would be more for that age group. So, but it's, it's just in the starting. So we will definitely take a look at what you're recommending. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, if you, if you need a test market, I got a 10 year old and I got a 14 year old. So, awesome. you know, I, I'd be happy to, to pitch it to them and, and see what they think and just give you some feedback. So, cause I do think this is important. What you guys are doing is important. Like I said earlier, there is no material for this. This is, this is virgin ground for everybody. And we have to start figuring out how we're going to, uh, uneducate the educated you know what i mean and it starts with the kids it really does so good on you guys and i appreciate it and if you guys want to stick around for the remainder of the show great if you guys got to do bedtimes we totally understand so hey mind if i stick around for a little bit free to i would to... love it if you did my friend all right i'll, I'll stick around right on. but uh, i right. do so how many what, what are the hardest things i have about uh with within bitcoin is you know really trying to find that bridge 
right? When you're talking to somebody who doesn't understand Bitcoin and thinks it's a total scam and you're getting to a conversation with them and you get like me, you know, you get really excited and you start talking fast and you start dropping all this knowledge on them. And then it's like, okay, I got, I got to pull it back here. Like totally way over their head. Like mm-hmm. what's going to be that, what's going to be that moment that, that, that one thing that I can leave them with that they'll go out and they'll, research Bitcoin a little bit more or take a, take a little bit more of an interest in it than, uh, than they had before. See, for me, what I do now is like, I've been talking to a lot of people. Uh, I, I t- to see, there's one guy at work that's, that's got a dream of owning a campsite. I'm like, you can do that, man. Like just look into Bitcoin. And then you say that and they're like, Oh, you're an idiot. What would Bitcoin have to do with me living out my dreams? And it's like, well, how much time? How much time do you have? Because I, you know what I mean. But then, yeah, you're right. They look at you like it's a scam. And I think what you have to do is just. I think you really do have to be a judge of character and notice who you're talking to. And you cannot, you cannot explain or teach somebody something they don't want to learn. And again, that's why like kids are so excited to learn anything and everything. So it's awesome to talk to my kid about Bitcoin, but when you're talking to an adult and they're not interested, you just have to walk away. That, that's the biggest lesson I've learned over the past year, which hurts, but it's, it's what it's. Yeah. It's like my, uh, my dad and my brother, they will never become Bitcoiners, which is, well, crazy. they will, they will. They'll the price they deserve. That's right. <laughs> it's, uh, that's all it is. And it's just, you know what? It's, uh, it's arrogance and it's ego and it's thinking you're better than everybody else. And it's, uh, people trusting experts more than they trust some asshole that wrote a kid's book or some idiot construction worker to teach them about money. When literally we're, we're sitting here like true Bitcoiners, I, li- I don't know about you. Maybe this is a me thing. We're, we're in the late night episode, <laughs> late night part of the podcast, I guess, if, if anybody's still listening, cool. But I listen to like hours and hours of podcasts of Bitcoin every day, all day when I'm at work. And then I get home and I record some and then I'll listen to more and I'll watch videos and I'm obsessed. And I think, I, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but I feel like I'm learning something. So that's good. Um, but what I'm trying to say is like most people are obsessed with just other things. I know like before Bitcoin, what was your, Hey, we didn't ask that question. What, what were you, what were your hobbies before Bitcoin? And does Bitcoin take up a lot of your time now? Or do you still find time to do other stuff other than of course, taking care of your kids? Jeff, there was no time before Bitcoin. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. That's how I feel too. That's what I'm trying to explain. That was the long time ago we don't we don't talk about those didn't times. exist i know yeah what was there just sadness and despair yeah. it was the dark yeah. ages i i really feel like uh the world took a, a like when when you look back at the dark ages and people that were living in you know huts with fires and like that's how people are going to look back at fiat world it's crazy and Bitcoiners were like looking back, like you guys are living in the Stone Ages. It's crazy. What are you doing? Why are you trading this stupid paper around? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> to answer your question, um, you know, it was filled with a lot of things that just were of no consequence. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was going to the gym. It was just it was just wasting time before bedtime. You know, yeah. it was it was it was going to the gym. It was it was watching TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really have a, a subject that I was like really passionate about mm-hmm. that. I, I really wanted to spend all my time learning more about and understanding and, 
getting to know, you know, new people within that community. Um, did you, and, did you, what do you do now? Like what, what is your, cause you've got to trade Bitcoin for something, right? Like, and if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. This is totally off our, off the charts, whatever. But like, do you, do you, so one of the things that I tr firmly believe is that Bitcoin focuses you to create value, right? So is your, is your whole, uh, is, is your whole thing right now the book or, or do you, are you doing something else to, you know, like create value to trade for Bitcoin kind of a thing? Um, well, part of, part of Frida's in our, uh, life now is, is the book. Um, and, and trying to build an educational business in the, in the Bitcoin space. Um, and these podcasts and talking with guys like you are really beneficial to us to help us kind of get a better idea of what, what people are looking for um, on their journeys. And then kind of what do we know about those specific types of things or parts of somebody's journey that then we can help, you know, help them move their way through the process um, but on the day to day, we have day jobs. Um, okay. so I'm in, uh, um, business to business sales, uh, in the, in the chemical industry. So, um, I work with, uh, manufacturers that, um, blend like engine oils and transmission fluids and greases and hand sanitizer and, um, all sorts of, uh, metalworking fluids and coolants um, which is an, an incredibly interesting industry to be in right now, considering all of the logistics and shipping issues that are taking place across the country. So I get some pretty good insight to what's happening in that realm. And again, again, I just roll my eyes and go, this is totally peak fiat. Like it's, it's not going to get better. Not, not for any not anytime soon. Um, and uh, Frida, she's a she's a product manager uh, working for a company. Um, but I'm like you, man. In my free time, I'm I'm listening to podcasts, I'm reading books, I'm on Twitter, uh, reading articles that people are putting out, uh, just trying to absorb as as much as I can because you know that's really the the passion. Um, but uh, the day job, I've been I've been doing it for a long time. I understand it well, and so it. Uh, one of the things that you hear a lot about in, in Bitcoin, you know, people are like, oh man, you should get off zero or, you know, you should, first you should get off zero. You should get start buying zero. Bitcoin. Yeah. And then yeah, once yeah. you're in Bitcoin, you should get off fiat. You should go a hundred percent fiat or a hundred percent. What is the phrase? Get to like, zero or something? Get on zero. Yeah, laser. Get I want to get on zero. Get on yeah. zero. I like it. Laser. Do you like laser? Yeah. I like laser. Yeah, I was listening to his podcast with uh, Daniel Prince on the uh, Once Bitten podcast. Yeah, yeah. He had some some good ideas. I don't think I'm quite ready for for that. You know, he's pretty open about already being retired and already having that all set up. But for yeah. the 99, you know, percent of the rest of us, um, that's not really in the cards yet. So uh, we we handle our finances the the best we can, and anything left over we we put into Bitcoin, and uh, with the idea of we're never selling it. So, you know, my worst fear is over saving in Bitcoin and then a big expense comes up that I have to sell my Bitcoin at the wrong time. 
like if I bought it at 40 and it goes to 60, okay, you know, I don't mind selling it there. I got to pay some taxes, but you know, it's a winner. But if I buy it at 60 and it goes to 40 and then I'm a forced seller, like that's now, now I got to pay, you know, what is that? Uh, 40% more mm-hmm. for, uh, mm-hmm. for whatever, um, the expense I have to pay for in fiat. And it's so, a real worry. I mean, that's not, that's not nothing, you know, like, no, it's not nothing. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, like one of the things laser Hoddle was talking about is he was like, if you, if you have the means to be able to go on zero, then, you know, I recommend that you do it. But, you know, if you don't have a savings and you know, you can't, you can't weather a storm like your first priority should be building your savings and then once you get it to a certain point then everything else put into bitcoin and uh that's kind of where we're at mm-hmm. okay yeah Good. that's interesting see i'm on i'm on the other side still sort of i think uh, i i think it was mccormack that said you need four years in bitcoin to really uh understand it so i just took all the lessons I could from everybody else to fast forward, but I am realizing like I stack, if you've listened to previous episodes, I stack too hard and uh, yeah, I I don't have any shelves in my house and (laughs) I don't have a computer chair. And so, yeah, yeah, I need to like save up. I went a little bit overboard and then I had to move across the country because I was being taken over by fascism. Um, (laughs) So that was, that was tough too. Uh, and I, I I do consider myself very lucky because when I had to do that, I was in the the green, I guess is how you would say it. Whereas if that had, if I had started now and then lost, you you can you don't want to gamble with Bitcoin. It, it shouldn't be a gamble. It should be a save it for as long as you possibly can until people start accepting Sats for it. And like like uh, businesses like yours where you can trade Sats for a book, I would recommend people do that because it's fun to Absolutely. use your Bitcoin. Yeah. And that's yeah. not, that's yeah. not it's, selling that's trading. Right. So. Right. That's you're the whole part idea. of the network. You get to see how it works. You, you actually get to use the ins and outs of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think, you know, one of the, the challenges that I see people having getting into the space is just setting up a, you know, a software wallet exchange. Like I don't, I don't even buy stocks. Like how do I, I don't know how to do any of this. My 401k, it's all set up by my by my company. It's auto done. Like I don't even have to worry about it. And you know, one of the things that I always tell people is, if you're in Bitcoin, you cannot be a passive investor. I mean, you can be, but what typically ends up happening is you hit one bout of extreme volatility and you get scared and you sell mm-hmm. um, because you're not doing the research. You're not following. Yeah, it up. if you you're don't, if you don't understand. Yeah, understand exactly. If you don't understand what you're investing in, in terms of the future right like because because we're trading we're trading our value in our time right now for a future time and it, for me personally all i care about is that you know when i when i go back to my bitcoin because you've said this a couple times now in the podcast and i was going to ask you before but i'll hit you up with it now is this idea of i'm never going to sell my bitcoin and i don't necessarily agree with that as a concept because the idea of bitcoin is this idea that what I want to do is I want to put my my fiat crap, right? The, the things that I've worked hard for to earn, I want those to go into something where I can cash that back out and it's still worth something. And we're seeing it in spades right now, especially in the United States, where it's like, it, like if, if I get a 3% raise, which is industry standard across the board, essentially, right? I'm still behind the eight ball because I've just lost 7% of the value of that 3% raise, 
you know so it's like i'm 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 behind so all i want as as a as a human is i just want my value to not i don't care about massive gains bro you know like i i just want the money that i put into this to not be devalued because some a-hole with the computer hits a couple extra zeros and then i don't have it anymore you know what i mean so to me if you don't get that right if if you're trying to explain this to somebody you're trying to orange pill or whatever their first instinct is going to be yeah but you know bitcoin's dying off because it's only whatever you know whatever the fud is i don't whatever but it's like if you understand it conceptually then you do want to hold on to it for as long as you can not because you want to instigate massive gains but because you just want the money you put into it to not go away and the way bitcoin is designed is it won't go away you know it over time you know over over a long enough time period bitcoin goes up sailor said it best it goes up forever laura forever so i i i it's really hard to get people to understand that concept is that you don't it's not that you want to to have a four thousand percent gain or whatever it is, and that's that's what all the shit coins offer. Oh, you know, if you if you do this, it's going to ten x, it's going to hundred x, it's going to thousand x. I don't care about. That. I genuinely don't at this point. I just want the value I've put in at whatever price to not disappear ten, twenty years from now. That's all I'm asking for, and so it's really hard to kind of like bridge that gap mentally for so many people and i think that's that's where the whole orange pilling thing gets much much harder right i don't know maybe maybe it's just me but i think doug let me just say something here so you say it you say by the people that are saying they'll never sell and uh chris you can tell me if i'm wrong too because there's lots of lots of theories about bitcoin my theory is like i don't want to ever sell my bitcoin ever even even if in some miraculous way, let's say the future happens in some miraculous way, the value of Bitcoin goes back to where one Bitcoin is equal to $1. I would rather be find myself in a group of people that are using the Bitcoin system and we'll just trade those around regardless of the fiat price. And then the people that are using fiat controlled by the overlords can live their life as well. So by saying not selling, it's like, I just... Even if it loses its fiat value, I still am more inclined to start a a society with like-minded people that want to live on hard money. It just so happens that the hard money is going to win, so the value is going to go up. But even if it didn't, I would still rather be in the group of people that appreciate uh, appreciate Bitcoin. Do you agree with that? Yeah, uh, definitely. I look at bitcoin as an asset like i look at my house as an asset and um the difference is 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 bitcoin is an asset that you can store the value of in your brain and travel anywhere you want in the world and plop it down and use it any way you want to or borrow against and so like i'm a really the, the more i learn about bitcoin the more the idea of generational wealth really really you know what's the word I'm looking for? It it really strikes a chord with me. Like I want this thing to be something that I can leave to my children. 
Mm-hmm. You know, much like, you know, Michael Saylor talks about uh, property in Manhattan, you know, the richest families in the world. They bought the property 400 years ago and they just never sold it and just you know, borrowed against it and uh, lived off the income um, or the value that uh, that property has has created for them. And so I really feel like Bitcoin families can can really create new opportunities for themselves where. Uh, the current fiat system really only provides opportunity to too few. And so when I say I'm never going to sell, I mean, my, there's a, there's a concept, uh, a story, a very short story that I learned. I don't even remember where I heard it, but uh, it just seems so true. And the story is um, grandfather starts a company. The dad builds the company and the son destroys the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's important for, at least in my family that I teach my kids as much about money and I learn, I continuously learn as much as I can about money and what gives it value and what makes it important and uh, what makes it ethical and what are ethical decisions versus unethical decisions when discussing money or using money. Um, that I want to create a system where my, my children understand it well enough where when they have it they can they can understand it kind of like that whole heavy lies the crown um you know those okay well the saying is you know those with what power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely but the better you understand the how to how to use wealth to the benefit of your family not to the detriment of other families then the better that you can provide you know a generational uh, legacy, if you will. And I don't know for, for, for me, it's like, I don't, I want to be able to live in a way where I can have it. I can use it. It can benefit those close to me, those around me. I can, I can use it to benefit, you know, other things that I find I have passions in. Um, but when I'm gone, I can leave it to my kids and then they can do the same thing and they can leave it to their kids and they can do the same thing. Um, because it is hard if you, if you don't have financial means, the world is a very hard place and we all only get one chance to live and too many people live like it's a video game and they have three lives not understanding that it's really you know we we we, government tells us that we don't need to do anything anymore government will take care of us and too many people live their life like that without realizing that no yeah, you can live that way, but you're going to die and you either die, you know, the way you want or you die the way that they want. And so Bitcoin provides the opportunity for you to you to live your life the way you want, not the way somebody else wants you to. And I want that for my kids and I hope they want that for theirs. So that's why I want to have something that I never sell. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. The the that's the scariest thing to me is the um the idea of the companies where the, the yeah the grandfather built it, the the son, uh, however you said, grew it and grew, then grew it, and then the the grandson destroyed it. And it's a story. Like I actually know a couple of people. One person in particular that's actively doing that. His dad owned this massive steel company in Toronto, and it's uh, been losing value quickly because the son has taken charge. It, it's a mess, and it's sad. It's like that's but, that's my story, honestly. Yeah, like my grandfather, a... my grandfather built a nursery business that was worth millions. I should be a millionaire right now, 
and the Suns squabbled and pissed it all away. And, you know, I mean, my grandfather went from like having a fifth grade education and building a nursery business that literally was worth, you know, hundreds of, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds of acres and, and, you know, literally millions of dollars when you added up all the assets to my children don't get anything. And my grandchildren, they, they see nothing. So it's, it's so, and part of that is the fiat system. And part of that is just greed, you know, and that's one of the things that I was talking with somebody today online where it's like Bitcoin factors in greed. It makes, it makes greed, uh, because it's a natural tendency for human beings, you know, it's this idea of, I am going to hold on to this. I'm because it's going to become more valuable. I'm not going to. Uh, piss it away for the short term, you know, and uh, I mean, I'm just, <sighs> go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. I, I just jumped in there because greed is good, man. That's why we all want more and more and more well, and more. Greed stats. Is, that's greed why I sold real. my shares and that's it, why I sold my share. Right? Exactly. Yeah, if, so. if, if you have a, if you have a worldview that doesn't factor in human greed, you're not factoring in the reality of the world, yeah. you know? And it, the fact is that Bitcoin, it, Again, I, and I'm talking to the audience right now, but it's like, if you if you don't understand human greed, you can't understand like hash rate. You can't understand the idea of the hodlers. They're just, they're, it will be a foreign concept to you because, and that's what we see. We see these guys, they're going to leverage into Bitcoin. They're going to essentially borrow money to buy Bitcoin and then hope it goes up so that they can just make fiat. And Bitcoin changes your mentality on all of that, where it's like, I don't care about the leveragers. I don't care about, you know, all of this stuff. I just, I just want to retain my value. You know, the things that I put into this world through my energy and through my, my expenditure, I just want that to maintain. And, and that's, for a long time, I think that's what most of the human race did. That was their, that was the pinnacle of, of success, right? Was this idea that I'm going to build a business and I can pass it on to my children. And because of my hard work, that value has passed on to my next generation. Mm -hmm. And we've lost, lost a lot of that. You know, we really have. What you have to realize is the value actually is the learning process that you went through to build that business. So that in with Bitcoin, it's not the amount of Bitcoin that you pass down to your kids. It's teaching them how it works, what it is, and what you should do with it, and how important it and is. And the mentality that got you there. You yeah. Know? yeah. So yeah, you, you can pass down 200 sats to your kids as long as you teach them what it's worth and they'll they'll benefit it's it's not the wealth that uh is going to help anybody wealth doesn't help anybody it's just like you said your friend had two million bucks and he doesn't know what to do with it like that's depressing <laughs> that's just straight right? up depressing so you can have two million bitcoins and you wouldn't know what to do with them what you want to do is teach your kids to have dreams to have goals and to live their life and that that's the real message that you want to pass on to them and then if yeah, you can have wealth that. with it that's good too one of the first lessons when I was um, talking to Frida about money, um, I, I used to ask her, I would say, hey, what's, uh, what's money? And over at first she was like, I don't understand what you're asking me. And after a while I asked her enough times, she was like, oh God, what is it? I can't remember. And uh, you know, the answer was always options. 
Money is options. More money, more options. No money, no options. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. that's that's kind of the the fundamental building block on uh, you know kind of what My- Michael Saylor talks about. You know, Bitcoin is a storage of energy. You're spending your energy to go out to make money that can then be used um, for other goods and services or experiences that you want to have. And um, through inflation, the government is is stealing that that opportunity from you they're stealing your life's energy they're stealing your the value of your life away from you and uh that's just unacceptable yeah and it's just the way it's always been and it's frustrating but it doesn't have to be that that part of it is you talk to people and you say and you say and they go yeah i get it but that's just the way it's always been Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like but it shouldn't be that way it doesn't have to be that way but if you let it be that way it will be that way Mm. yeah it's up to us to change what the future is going to be and uh yeah like there's how old am i i'm 30 so i i grew up without the internet for like a few years but there's kids that are 20 now have always had the internet their entire life youtube has existed and there's kids that are being born today my kids your kids doug's kids that Bitcoin will have always been a thing and that's going to be a world that we get to choose what it looks like. And it's really up to the parents of these kids to give them the right, send them on the right path to make, make the right choices instead of just saying, well, you have a lot of money, but you better go get more and be sad. Say you have a lot of money. What would you like to do with your life? Mm -hmm. So yeah, options, options are good. Hey, man, we've gone almost two and a half hours here. This has been a good show. I think we might have to wrap it here. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to say, Doug, Chris? No, no. Chris, thanks. Thank both you and Frida for coming on. It's It's been a delight. It really has. So, uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just let Jeff take it out. But uh, once again, you know, uh, everybody listening, bitcoinforkiddos.com. Check it out, especially if you've got young ones. And uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just uh, kind of mute myself and let you oh, guys well, take Doug, it off. We, we should do our thing too. Hey, if you want to find me, on oh Twitter, yeah, you probably should. Probably should. If this is your first time listening, hey, thanks for making it to the end of the show. This has been a bang an episode. Really enjoyed ta- chatting with uh, you, Chris and Frida. That was fun. If you want to find more of our episodes, you can find them at. Uh, whybitcoinpodcast.com if you want to get a hold of us ask us questions comments or concerns or complaints send them all to uh ask why bitcoin <laughs> at gmail.com uh, if you want we to find... check that email so it's fine no we do check it send all, your, send all your complaints there that's what you should <laughs> that's right uh if you want to find me on twitter i'm at at oh what's mine why bitcoin j doug what's yours i'm at bearded hoddle together we are and, uh, at why bitcoin underscore right on i've we've actually been using it so follow us there uh that's been a lot of yep. fun posting there uh all chris, right and chris your what's your what, what's your twitter handle it's uh at bitcoin for kid and the number one and we're gonna fix that okay. for you we're gonna get that fixed yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, gonna yeah, make it more <laughs> marketing we'll friendly. have to do a redirect or something yeah yeah right on okay good show uh and with that, oh Doug, you get to do the sign off, man. You won the you won the price check. So oh the floor gosh. is yours. All right, I'll do the sign off here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Life is a series of choices. And you can either choose to be 
free, or you can choose to have things tell you what you should do. Me personally, I choose freedom, and that's why I choose Bitcoin. I hope you guys all choose Bitcoin too. We'll see you guys next week. All right, cut. <laughs> all right, cut. That was an all right outro. <laughs> <laughs>